Biblical Gymnastics is a weekly podcast where we discuss the things that are most important. We believe that in a world of opinions, we go to the word for truth. All episodes are recorded live. For more information on how you can join one of our live streams, please visit us at biblicalgymnastics.com. We hope you're blessed by today's discussion. Welcome to another episode of Biblical Gymnastics. My name is Joel. It's nice to be here. This week, uh, we're talking about marriage. It's a wonderful privilege to be having this conversation with the brother that is joining me today. My regular co-host is not here because he has to do some stuff. So Chosen is joining us today. So Chosen, Chosen how are you doing, brother? I'm good. Glad to be here. Step in for my bro, B. Russ. You feel me? Subbed in the game. About to start stroking on them boys. All right. But you know nothing about that, so sorry about that. I, 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 I know nothing about that. You're right. Yeah. You're very much right. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to be looking at marriage, right? We're going to be talking about marriage. We're talking about does God choose your spouse for you? Does God choose your partner for you? And so we're using that as a launching board to talk about the issue in general of uh, when you get into marriage, what does the Bible say about what you should do? Hopefully, we'll have a wonderful conversation today. So, okay, so let's start off first of all. Let's just start off with this. Does God choose a spouse for you? All right? Now, I believe that there might be more than two, but there are two major points of views. There is one that says, yes, God chooses a spouse for you. There is another that says, no, God doesn't. Okay? So, first of all, Chosen, what do you believe when it comes to this topic? What is your point of view about God choosing your spouse for you? I think... God can choose for you, but it's not a set thing of like, oh, God chooses who you're going to marry and you better not miss it. No, I, I wouldn't go with that line of thought, but God can possibly, but it's not a God does. I wouldn't say that part, but I would say God can. Okay. So okay. the answer is a short version of a larger answer, obviously, but as we okay. go on. All right. So do you want to just give us a large answer? Okay. Well, Part of a large answer, right? So God can choose your spouse for you, but because we see that in the scriptures, it seems like with Abraham's servant, that's what happened. Okay. He prayerfully went and somebody could say, oh, that's just circumstance or that's just happenstance or whatever it might be. But man's prayed. And that passage of scripture in Genesis 24, I believe, that's not a prescription as in this is how you're supposed to do it. It doesn't tell you that. If the Bible is not instructional about something, you don't want to start taking instructions from it as though that's life or death. You can see what happened and perhaps maybe try it to or think maybe, OK, maybe God can do it in that similar way. But it's not a rule. Uh, so it seems like God chose for him in a sense because God ordained that it would be Rebecca, I believe, that showed up at that particular time who did exactly what the guy was expecting. But I wouldn't say that's how you choose your spouse. We so just pray and say, God. Whoever greets me when I walk into the office, then that's my that's I don't think that's how it works. But God can choose your spouse. In general, this is a short version of a larger answer. I would say I have my garden theory, which is of every tree in the garden you can freely eat, but of the tree of good and evil you shall not eat, or you'll die. So God has given us certain standards on how to choose and how to pick. And I think we just stay in those guidelines and we'll be good. There's no reason to mystify it or make it some mysterious thing. And it's not like that, at least scripturally. People can make it like that and have stories of some divine connection. And it could happen like that. Cool. That's legit. But that's not a prescription for every single person. So I'll leave it at that for now. 
Okay, cool. So let me give my point of view about this topic. I would say this. Biblically, what we find is this. Because growing up, I heard a lot about if you're going to get married, you don't want to miss the, the lady that God has for you. Make sure you do all those five steps or da-da-da. And there are all these things that you have to do because God is the one to pick your wife for you. And God chooses your wife for you. And then if God doesn't choose that wife for you, then you might have issues later. And there were all these things that I heard as a kid growing up. Then I started looking at the Bible. And the more I opened the Bible to, to, to read it, <laughs> the more I realized this is not in this word. It's not there. And I guess my thought process then became where did it come from, right? Or oh, how, why? And, and I think it kind of relates to, and, and we're going to look at a few scriptures uh, today. It relates to how we are. I think it just kind of based off of how we are as human beings, right? We don't, especially when it comes to things that we think are important, there are two school of thoughts. There's a, one school of thought that says you don't want to miss it. You don't want to get the wrong choice, right? And make a mistake because this thing is so grand. This thing is so great. So there is that school of thought. Then there is another school of thought that goes, it doesn't matter whatever I do, right? Whatever choice I make, it doesn't really matter. So because of that, you find out that in the church, right, people are more geared to go into the first school of thought more, which in a sense, it's not a wrong idea and it's not a wrong mindset to have. The only problem is this. When we then now start teaching that as doctrine for specific things that God has not said, or specific things that scripture did not teach. That is when it becomes a problem. So I'm going to show two scriptures. And I think our brother already mentioned one of the scriptures, Rebecca and Abraham, that people use to justify this school of thought. Okay. And we're going to look at the first one, which is the queen or the king of them. Genesis, the story of Adam. So Genesis 1 verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then the second scripture they use is this one, of course, which actually shows how the creation happened. And this is Genesis 2, 18 to 23. So let's read. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help, helper fit for him. Now out of the ground that the Lord God had formed, every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that is what its name was. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed it in its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. So this is one of the uh, scriptures that people use. And I think that that's probably one of the major ones that people use to, to say, let's see what happened here. God chose and brought a woman to Adam. And so thereby, if you're about to go get married, if you're about to find a woman or you're about to find a man, you want God to bring your man to you. You want God to bring your woman to you so that they are the flesh of your flesh and the bone of your bones. And I'll tell you this, guys. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Only problem with that is this. First of all, that scripture talks about what happened before. We see a bunch of animals. 
and he's told to name them. And it says that from all these animals, there was not, none that was found suitable for him. Now, a preacher that has a lot of revelations will say, well, you see, those animals are all other women in the world. <laughs> there was not one found suitable for him. So he, but that's not what that scripture is talking about. It's talking about the fact that there was no woman. There was just man. Every other thing that you find there, animals. They are not suitable for him. So God goes and makes a woman for Adam. Adam calls her woman because she was taken out of man. Now she was suitable for him, right? So we see that first initial thing. And what we find out there is this. The person who says that it is not good for man to be alone wasn't man. It was God. God said it is not good for man to be alone, which means the, the person who instituted what we know as marriage and what we know as relationship between a man and woman was God, right? So the rules for how a man should find his wife and a woman should be set forth by God. So that's the first thing that we have to understand. It's not us saying, well, this is how I think God would do, do it. It's based off of what God has said, okay? So when we kind of understand that thing, then our, the next question we should, we should then ask is this. What do we see throughout Scripture? Now, before I jump into that, I know I've said a lot. I don't know if my brother wants to jump in and say something before we, before we continue on this journey. Uh, I mean, well, I got a little Genesis understanding because I went back. I preached a message five years ago. I told you I was going to go listen to it called Needle in a Haystack. And hey, maybe I'll send it to you. You could you could try to dissect it. I think it's still pretty crispy. I don't think I went too far in anything because I showed in that message how how Jesus healed blind people in different ways. And I was trying to emphasize how we get light, how we see differently. But the main thing is at the end of the day, everybody got to see, although the way they got to see was different. Some people cried out. Some people didn't cry out. Some people were asked to do something extra. Some people didn't. Have, it was just different for everybody. And I was showing that, hey, at the end of the day, everybody gets married, right? At least it seems like. But when blind, when blind people receive sight, they are now faced with a world that they were not used to. And there's temptations everywhere. And it's wise for them to follow Jesus now. So in the same way, somebody who is single and now they find a spouse, there are temptations in marriage that you, you can't face when you're single. There, there's, there's a shaping. There's a, there's a buffeting. Uh, iron sharpens iron, friction that goes on in marriage that you can't get in any other thing. And you're going to need Christ, at least to glorify Christ or to have a marriage that's pleasing to the Lord. Um, it's not about just going on dates and having nice whatever, but a marriage that pleases the Lord, you need the Lord. So that's what I was showing in that message. But before that message, I preached on um, it's not good for a man to be alone. Um, and I, I showed how God said it is not good for the man like Adam not just men in general, the man. And who was the man? It was a man who was born of God, which Adam was, right? A man that heard the word of God, obeyed the word of God, and was satisfied with God. So those are like the four little pillars. So that type of man is not good for that man, God says, to be alone. So somebody who is born again, because you hear about all these baby mama dramas and this guy did this person wrong, blah. well, yeah, maybe it was good for him to be alone. But somebody who's following the Lord, who's born again, who reads the word of God, that's hearing the word of God, right? Because um, Adam heard the word of God and Adam obeyed the word, right? So a doer of the word and Adam was satisfied. The Bible didn't say Adam was crying out for a spouse. He was satisfied with God. God says, hey, man, I want to give this guy a helper. So that type of man is not good for that type of man to be alone. I will give him a helper. So 
in the beginning, God chose for Adam, right? But it doesn't mean that, because then the Bible later on says, he who finds a wife, right? I don't know if I could say Adam found Eve because he wasn't looking for it. If you see something, you, did you find it? Would, you, would somebody say, I found that if I wasn't looking for it? I don't know if they'll use that terminology that, or that word found. But now the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, obtains favor from the Lord. So can God bring somebody to you? Um, possibly. There's nothing impossible with God. But most of the time you find that men are finding wives and you could be led by the Lord. You know, one thing you don't want to be led is by your flesh. I'll say that. But as a born again child of God, especially a major decision of your life, like marriage, you want to be led by the Lord. And it's not necessarily like the Holy Spirit telling you this is your wife, but the Bible gives criterias on how to, I guess, in a sense, choose who to marry. And you want to be led by the Lord in that sense. And maybe you go the little extra mile that you really feel like the Lord is specifying this particular sister. And it could be that. There's nothing against that. But first thing that we look at is the guidelines, not just hearing a voice like, oh, God, who is it? Go with the guidelines that scripture shows. And I think maybe later on we'll look at some of those. All right, cool. So I think what you said just now kind of goes with with my point on, on that it's like scripture has given us guidelines that we must follow. And the idea is this, when you follow those guidelines, you can't go wrong. And the guidelines, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to dissect some of the guidelines. But before we go into that, I want to make sure the time is taken to actually show how people found their husband and wife in scripture. Okay. I want us to actually look at it and see it for what it is, because I know this is one of those topics we're in. If you believe it, if you believe that, you know, God comes and chooses a man's wife for him or husband and says, well, you know, and just send somebody down the street to them. If you believe that that is what's now, now let me clarify this. I'm not saying that God can't do it. God can do whatever God wants. So I'm not saying God can't do it. But I'm saying that that is not what is taught in scripture. Okay. But if you believe that that's what is taught in scripture, it's going to be hard for you to take what I'm, I'm saying. So there's only one answer to it. Let's just see what the Bible says. All right. So what I'm going to do here is we're going to just go through, and I, I think I'm going to start with the, the passage that, you know, that our brother shared here. Let's go here. Let's see. So this is the story of Isaac and Rebekah. Let's look at verse 6. And Abraham said to him, see to it that you do not take my son back there. It says, it says the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of the kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. Now, if you go to, let's go to verse 3. It says, and I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but will go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son, Isaac. And then he says, the servant said to him, perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Then that is when uh, Abraham then answers him. But we see from Abraham's perspective, the instruction he gave the servant was this. Go, don't take from this land, from the Canaanites. He says, go to the land of my fathers and take there a wife for him. And then it says, and the servant took the choice. And then I think when we go to verse 14. It says, let the woman to whom I shall say, let, uh, please let down your jar that I may drink. And, that, and, uh, and who shall say, drink, and I will water your camels. Let her be the one whom you have appointed to your servant, Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love 
to my master. So that's a passage there that, you know, like our brother uh, said before, that folks use to say, hey, you see that? That there was a whole thing. Uh, you know, it says God appointed. But the funny thing about that, this passage is this. When we look at it from the perspective of Abraham, Abraham's perspective was this. Don't get a woman from this land. Get a woman from that land. Go over there and get a woman. Now, when the servant got there, he, because first of all, he doesn't know these people. So he's going, Lord, this is, this is, this is the path I want to walk. I want your direction for the person that you want for my, serv- uh, you want for my master. So we see that the servant thereby is the one who brings this thought into the place. And guess what? To the glory of God, God does the work. And guess what? Then we see Rebecca, and the story is beautiful. The only issue with how most people interpret this passage is this. They see that as the instruction for Christians. They see that as the playbook for Christians. As this. Oh, you know what? God has somebody appointed for me in this particular way. So what I need is, Lord, send me that person to to my side. And they use this passage to teach that. Now, here is what's funny about this. Let's look at at the Bible, right? Let's see what the Bible says. And we're just going to kind of go through some other passages and just see this stuff quickly. You know, this is one of those topics that should be fun and easy, but it's actually very important to me. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 18, verse 22. And I think our brother mentioned this before. It says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. This is Proverbs 18, 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So let's look at, uh, I don't know what passage that was supposed to be. Let's look at Proverbs 31, verse 10. It says, an excellent wife, who can find her? She's far more precious than jewels. It says, who can find this woman? Now, you would think if God was going around and just picking people, you would think, well, why, why are you going to look for her? It makes no sense. But let's continue. Now, here was an instruction to the priest this was an instruction to the priest in the book of Leviticus, right? And here was the instruction that was given to the priest. They shall not marry a prostitute or a woman who has been defiled. Neither shall they marry a woman divorced from her husband. For the priest is holy to his God. So there was an instruction of what they should not do. They can't, they can't marry a woman like this. They can't. But if it was a thing wherein God was the one picking wives for the priest, they don't need to have this instruction. What the Bible would say right here is this. Go and pray that God will send her to your, food, to, to your doorstep. That is what it would say. But let's continue. Genesis 38, verse 6. It says, And Judah took a wife for Er, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. This is what was happening. And we kind of see that same thing happen with, with Abraham. The father takes the wife for the son. He goes and takes a wife for the son, in, in that sense. We see this in Genesis 21, verse 21. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. And who was this? This was Ishmael. Simply because, at this point, he was separated from his father. The mother had to do it. So that's what we kind of see throughout Scripture. Then, the story of Ruth should be another wonderful one that we see when we go to the book of Ruth, the entire book of Ruth. We should see that. Naomi was the one who was orchestrating the whole thing of you should marry Boaz. Naomi. It wasn't Ruth. It was Naomi. So now you're kind of seeing the, the idea of the parental thing, helping the children get married. And uh, let's look at this final one. First Samuel 18, verse 20. This is a passage that I thought was interesting. It says, Now Saul's daughter, Michal, loved 
David. And they told Saul. And the thing pleased him. Verse 21. Saul thought, let me give her to him that she may be a snare for him. And that the hand of the Philistines may go, may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall now be my son-in-law. So we see that it, this thing was because she loved him. And Saul saw it from his position. Oh, you know what? I can actually give her to him. And this could become a problem. She could become a snare for, in his life. The point being this, and this is where we're kind of going with this, with this whole thing. When we look at it from a biblical perspective in the Old Testament, because first of all, the ideas and the concepts of these things can only be gotten from the Old Testament, wherein someone goes, well, I think God chooses. When we now start seeing the history of the children of Israel picking people to get married to, what we find is this. They are just clear instructions. They are not supposed to marry outside their ranks. That's it. They are not supposed to marry outside their ranks. And we see this in the book of Exodus. They're actually told not to marry those around them. They're only supposed to marry within themselves. But this very but the concept of God coming down and then picking a husband and wife for people, we don't actually see that. And I think this is the funny thing I'll say about this before I throw it back to my brother. Question. If God was the one choosing husband and wife for people in the way that we understand it today, not in the right biblical perspective, because there's a biblical perspective for this that can be broken down on how God is involved in, in who you marry. But if it's the way we understand it today, the lazy way of like, oh, yeah, God just, where well, you're fasting and praying that God picks the person and brings them to you, we don't see that through our scripture. Because even the story with Abraham, he, the servant was sent to a specific place. And then when he got there, he asked God for instruction. So he, he already got there. So we don't actually see that concept throughout scripture. But if that was the case, I have a question for you. Why is it that Joseph had to be visited by the angel just so that he wouldn't let go of Mary? Because if God had already, if God was the one that chose Mary for him, why would he want to let go? Because it was after the angel now told him, then he now stayed with her. So when he heard from God that he was now supposed to stay with her because this was something that God was doing, then he stayed with her. If he had already heard from God before this, why would he try to leave? Right? And we don't see a hint of this anywhere in scripture at all. We don't see a hint that God told him this would be, be your, we don't see that. Why? Because that was not the way the children of Israel went about this. Right? And we're going to talk about the proper way to do it, but I just, but I, I don't know if you want to say something, if you had a disagreement or if you had a different take. With the, the scriptures that you pointed out, not taking it too far, Right. Because we don't want to dump something down and make it not spiritual at all, like brushing your teeth in the morning or something. But marriage is obviously a God ordained thing. And the two becoming one is a spiritual thing, too. So there's a spiritual aspect to it. So we could loosely see how Abraham, the father, sends his servant right to find a wife for his son. And his son is obviously in his father's will. He's working in the father's house in a sense, in the same family business. And the servant goes out to get a wife for him as he's doing the father's will. So he doesn't have to worry necessarily. So somebody could look at that scripturally and say, hey, if I'm in the will of God, my wife will come strolling my way somehow, some way. And if somebody has faith for that, somebody else doesn't have faith. They think, oh, I got to sign up for this. I got to go for this conference. I got to blah. Okay. The, according to your faith, be it unto you. But another brother who believes, because if the Bible doesn't have set rules, then you don't have to make set rules. So if another brother believes that, hey, man, I'm just going to pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that I need, that as the Bible says, I, I taught today at church, 
that um, Jesus said, your father knows that you have need of these things. Now, he mentioned your clothing, your eating and your covering. But if he says it's not good for a man to be alone, and I've already laid out what type of man that is, then the father knows that you have need of these things. So I then, as a child of God, need not to worry about what the father believes I have need for if I'm in his will. So I could continue following the Lord and doing my due diligence. And somehow, some way, my path will cross with whomever it is that I'm supposed to marry, whether it's um, an uncle telling me about a sister, whether it's a church program I went to, whether it doesn't matter. It's not work that I'm doing heavy. Like, I got to go find one. I got to go find one. Now, somebody else might not have faith for that and say, hey, bro, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. You got to sign up for these, uh, you know, Christian conferences, bro, because they could look at <laughs> they could look at Abraham's servant and say, hey, man, he went to a singles convention because he knew where all the women was going to be. He just wasn't going anywhere. He went deliberately to where all the girls going to be. And he's like, shoot, God, all the all the girls going to be over there. That's where I'm going. OK, that could be a singles conference. Now, if somebody wants to force that in the sense of let me go around where sisters are or where brothers are. And I want God to lead me there. So you see the parents playing a role in the marriages in, in the Old Testament. And obviously parents now, especially African parents, could they look at that. They live by that. And that's why they want to have heavy influence on whom their children marry. I wouldn't see it in that same way because I'll see God as being the parent and see into it that his children get married to somebody who's according to his will, which Abraham gave that criteria, not the Canaanites, not anybody who's worldly, not of the world, like in Second Corinthians six. OK, Bob says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. This is a scripture that's used very often, too. And that's the guideline. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Simple. Now, there are other things that go into it. Let's see. You, you, you find 30 sisters. These sisters are in the chat. She's like, brother, how do I pick? Well, the Bible says if you lack wisdom, get on your knees, bro, and pray. Wisdom would be seen as the correct application of knowledge. I got knowledge of all these 30 girls. I know them. I see them. But which one should I pursue or which one should is right for me and right for me in the sense of what's right for you is what's in the garden and what God has permitted. But if let's say you got a sweet tooth, what's right for you might be that fruit over there. That's kind of sweet. You know what I'm talking about? And for somebody else who can't handle such a sweet fruit, hey, bro, that sweet fruit, I mean, ain't nothing illegal about it or ungodly, but stomach doesn't do well when it eats such type of fruit, eat that type of fruit over there. And that goes with personality traits. If you're a phlegmatic and you go marry another phlegmatic sister, phlegmatics are, are people who are pretty laid back, chill. You never notice them in the classroom. Y'all finna be bored for the rest of your life, probably. It might not work so well. I mean, yes, you can still glorify God because you found him in the garden, as in they are in Christ. But you might want to pray to the Lord for wisdom to know who would blend well with you because you don't want to marry yourself, obviously. You need that left leg or that right arm or whatever it is. You don't buy the same shoe to left feet. You, you don't do that. You find somebody that's compatible with you. And how do you know who's compatible? Maybe they all seem similar. Kneel down and pray if you lack wisdom. I mean, God is there is a big decision. Why wouldn't you want to pray and consider what and want to be led by the Lord? You definitely don't want to be led by your flesh off of beauty or the way that she dresses or what if she loses her hair? What if she gets paralyzed for the rest of her life? 
what if she gets in an accident and things don't look the same? Well, what is what is that? Then if that's what you married for and that was a big thing on your list, well, brother, your your marriage gonna go downhill now because you married off of physical things. Yes, that matters, but how much of kind of like putting salt in a in a meal? Ain't the whole thing ain't supposed to be salt. Like, come on, bro. Dab a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? It gives a little taste. Smooth. So, yeah, physical attraction is there, but that shouldn't be primary number one. First step is, is this person in the Lord genuinely? And you got to examine if you're genuine, too, because you might be wishy-washy if you know what I'm talking about. But if you're genuine in the Lord, you want to find somebody that's compatible who's about that life, too. And then, hey, man, what type of fruit is this? Is it too sweet for me and I'm I can't handle that? Or do I need something that's real sweet for me because that matches you pray to the lord simple and i don't think there's any rules against it or rules for it but one must i'll say one must pray if you're a true child of god i don't know why you wouldn't pray basic okay so i think the perspective is good but here's the thing here's the thing brother um and this is this is it's just a slight little thing that i'm gonna kind of slightly disagree on because when something has been taught so much in our veins it's hard for us to kind of see it you say that there are no rules. There are rules. There are clearly scriptural rules. First of all, we see examples of them. Then we now actually see them in scripture. When we, where we, where what we, rules? in sense of like the the people that we should get married. Yeah, I already went over that. When I'm saying there's there's no rules in the sense of once you're in the garden, mm-hmm. this person is a born again believer. You're not une- I've already mentioned you're not unequally yoked. It's not somebody that's not Abraham specified, not the Canaanites. That's part yep. of rules yep. per se. But once you're in the garden, there's no necessary rules. You can eat of that tree right there and this one and that one. That will give you this type of nourishment. I don't know if your body can handle that. This one will give you this type of That's within the parameters that God has given. Don't eat of this tree, though. That's unbelievers. That's worldly people. Um, It's not a tribal thing because that's how some parents will see it. Like, don't marry from that tribe. Well, if we're part of the kingdom of God, then we're new people a part of a new kingdom. That's the type of people we go after. The people who are part of the kingdom, not tribe, not a Yoruba or Indian or Hispanic. You got to marry another Hispanic. You're a Hispanic because no, we don't look at that as children of God in the world. They will because they think that that will make things smoother. But as a child of God, no, the criteria is, is this person following the Lord? And that's the, I'll say the only rule necessary. Let's, let's look at this. Exodus 34 verse 11 to 16. This was instruction to the children of Israel, right? It says, observe what I command you this day. Behold, I will drive out before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivarites, and the Jebusites. Verse 12. Take care, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it becomes a snare in your midst. You shall tear down their altars and break their pillars and cut down their ashram. And you shall worship no other god, for the Lord your God is jealous. Uh, whose name is jealous it's a jealous god lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land when they whore after their gods and sacrifice to their gods you are invited you eat of their sacrifices verse 16 and you take of their daughters for your sons and their daughters and their daughters whore after their gods and make your sons whore after their gods the instruction and why we don't do certain things is simply because there is the possibility of we become whores to other gods. That is the reasoning, is that you will end up worshiping another god. If you marry someone outside of the faith, you will end up worshiping another god. And we see this with, with Solomon. He broke this very law that was told, and then it says in, uh, in 1 Kings 11 that his wives turned his heart from God. 
And he was the wisest man that was ever born. This is what we understand. The wisest man. And still, somehow, his wives, so which means it's not about wisdom, so-called wisdom. Right? Because we understand that the very Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, it might have been him or somebody else that wrote it, but in the book of Ecclesiastes or Proverbs, it says, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, it might be Proverbs, is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But here was a guy who was so wise, and then married an Egyptian woman, and they were all princesses. The point being this, the instruction has been given in regards to what a child of God should look for. That is, you should look for a woman or a man in the body of Christ. Now, uh, this is where I kind of agree with you, sense of like, now, after that point, there are no set rules. So I agree with you on that point. There are no set rules. As long as this person is truly in Christ, and you are truly in Christ, after that point, there are no set rules. That is when you now come into the whole thing of like, I want to know their personality. I want to know this and those. That's when you put all those things together. The issue, and here is where the prayer comes in that we don't fully understand. Our prayer should, and this is where I think people get it twisted. This is why people, we are praying and miss. And, and folks are surprised that they, were, they married someone. And then it's like, well, I thought the Lord showed me that this was the person for me. And this person is not a child of God. They're shocked by it. But I, but, but I heard from God. God spoke to me at 12 a.m. at night. Or maybe you heard yourself. But here's the thing that we understand. Our prayer, and, and this is why I love scripture, right? Scripture tells us that we, we do not receive because we pray our means to use on our own uh, flesh. Or to use on our own, uh, uh, there's a specific way he puts it, on our own uh, lust. On our own lust. When we pray about these things most times, people are praying based off of what they want, right? Their own agenda, their own thing. So we are praying for like, oh Lord, send me my husband and my wife. But you have an idea of who your husband and your wife is by the time you're praying that. This is why I always think it's funny how if you are from a specific tribe and you only want to marry someone from a specific tribe, it always turns out that for the most part, your husband and your wife is always from that tribe. But then you say, well, God sent them to me. It's like, okay, I guess God is also a tribalist too. Like he, there's a lot of tri- tribalism in heaven. You know, he can't send you a Chinese man if you're a black woman. He can't send you that. And I think it's quite interesting how when people talk about these things, and people talk about these things and say, well, God will not give me what I don't want because this is what my standard is, so God will not give me anything less. But if we look at this God of the Scriptures, that's not what you see in the God of the Scriptures. God gives you whatever will please Him, whatever will glorify Him the most. And sometimes it might not be what you want, but it might be what you need. So that's what we see. So when people have this mindset and this thought of it, I truly believe that the problem is this. We don't know what to pray for. So we are praying amiss. So people are praying for the wrong things that scripture doesn't tell you to pray for. Right? Scripture doesn't even tell you to pray for that thing. But that's what we're praying for. For example, in a world wherein we know, according to scripture, that the wheat and the tears are both growing together. The goat and the sheep are in the same place. And God has not separated them. How do you know that the man or the woman you're talking to is a sheep and not a goat? How do you know the man or woman that you like is wheat and not tears? That is when you pray. Lord, reveal who this person is if they are in you. Let me see them. That is a prayer that I believe is a biblical prayer. It's a prayer that goes and says, Lord, I want to glorify you in this. I'm interested in this man. I'm interested in this woman. I want you to open my eyes to see them as you see them. Which means if... They might have a fault, but they are growing in Christ. You see them as that. 
or if they are not, you clearly see them. Nothing is hidden from you. You see them with a vision of God. And then you can then make a decision about it. And then say, am I interested in this person? Yes or no. Because that is the freedom that God has given us to make a decision. Because I, I see people that get married and then they go, well, this prophet said, you know, which, which I think is part of the thing we look at today, that this person is the perfect person for me. And everyone around me said this is the perfect person for me. But they didn't believe it. They didn't buy into it. That's not what we see in marriage. We don't see that in marriage. Because even with the story of Isaac and Rebecca, it tells us later on that Isaac takes her. Uh, and no, Isaac joins with her. Uh, no, first of all, there are two things it tells us. <laughs> the, after the servant goes to meet Rebecca, right? And goes to tell the people and all that. They called Rebecca in if Rebecca wants to go. They asked her, do you want? And Rebecca was like, sure. And we see the same kind of thing happen with Isaac later on. The point is this. When we buy into something, especially when it comes to marriage, marriage is not because, and we're going to look at it later on, what marriage represents. Marriage is not a, um, it's not a game. It's not a game. It represents the Christ and his church, the, 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 the bringing together of Christ and church, the bride and Christ. So because of that, if you as a man or you as a woman are not sold about the other person, right? You, like you feel like, oh, well, this decision was a decision I made. God made it. You might just be like Adam saying, it is the woman you gave me. It is the woman you gave me. Or if you're a woman, you might say, it is the man you, you, you gave me. You know what I'm saying? So, so th- that is, uh, yeah, I don't know if you disagree with anything I've just said. Because if you do, please jump in and, and, and say, let, let, let's, let's, let, let's look at this stuff before we jump into some of the questions we have today. Yeah, there was something you said, but I, I don't want to interrupt you. And I think I, um, one point you were talking about the tribalist stuff, like, okay, you know, people say, oh, <laughs> If they want to, if they want to marry somebody who's uh, of a certain tribe or skin color, and they eventually marry that person, and say, "Yeah, see, you know, God led me." It's like, wow, <laughs> it's always what exactly what you wanted that you got. But I would say, just looking at it a little bit more loosely, although marriage is a big deal. Okay, two things I want to say: M- marriage is a big deal because some people just take it lightly because they don't really. I think one day you guys are going to do this whole divorce thing. They don't take the word of God seriously. Most people either want their papers to be citizens of a certain country or they want to have kids or they don't want to be lonely um, and they just get married. And then you get married and the guys are acting like a dog and things happen. And you're like, what? what? How, how is this happening? How can God do this to me? You know, everybody starts throwing God in when things start going wrong. But you didn't even introduce him in the beginning. But once it started going wrong, we blame God because he's the first one to blame. Right. Because he's all powerful. He could have stopped it. He did it. Whatever. But that's how people think. But if people take it more seriously, like, yo, this is till death do us part. This ain't no joke. I don't care what my parents are saying. I mean, on one end, I do care. But who's my father? Who's my mother? Lift your hands. I want to know who, what is the will of God here, right? Jesus said, it's those who do the will of my father. That's my brother. That's my mother. Uh, so, oh, some prophet. Bro, what? This is, that prophet probably going to die before you. You're still going to be married to this person he pointed out to you. So not saying somebody can't guide you, perhaps. Or tell you, look over there, brother. There's this one sister that's on fire for the Lord. He I'm talking about. Maybe. Okay, cool. But you don't just want to take it lightly. That's one. And then looking at the whole tribal thing, Majiga. One could say, remember the well that Abraham's servant went to. Was that the only well, bro? Was that the only well? Now, he could have gone to another well where a bunch of women would be. And he says, God, he prays the same prayer. And maybe it's another girl that comes through. Not Rebecca. There's another girl that comes through that God says, this is the best fit in this group of girls. Because if you think about it, the Bible talks about we're all one body, right? In Christ. So it's still that garden sense of 
if you put blood in my arm, it's going to flow through my body. And that same blood is going to be going through in one body. It's still the same thing. So if I marry this sister or that sister, somebody who's in Christ, it still flows the same in a sense. It's just when it comes to personalities, as I was talking about tasting a fruit of that might be too sweet for you, brother. You're not that type that can handle that type of sweetness or that might too bit be too bitter for you, bro. You might not want to live with that. Although these fruits are good in general and they're permitted by God, you got to find which one best fits your body, right? That flows well with your body. If I want to push it a little bit more, remember God took Eve out of Adam's body and he said, this is the bone of my bone, the flesh of my flesh. So you want to find somebody that's like that in the sense of, your personality traits, if they're in the kingdom. Okay. that That's the major thing. Not some outside of kingdom like, oh, we get along because you don't want to live off of you get along because all the people that got divorced, they also got along for some period of time. Right. If you remember that seed that was sown, the Bible says that seed sprouted up immediately. Oh, you guys got along so fast and you could stay, you know, converse for so long and blah, 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 blah. He gets me. I get her. Uh, but it says after a while, after a while, that seed, it wasn't fruitful anymore. How long is a while? The Bible never specified. A while could, could be a month. It could be two years. It could be five years. So it doesn't matter if you get along or we gel. The gel runs out. So you don't want to live off of these things that people say. You want to live off of the criteria that the Bible has given us and rely on the fact that you are not trusting in flesh. The Bible says, curse to the man who trusts in man who makes flesh his strength. If the flesh the physical thing that you see is the strength of your relationship. The Bible says cursed is that man. You, you, you shouldn't let that be the strength of your relationship. The strength of the relationship should be this person is a child of God like myself. You got to examine if you're truly about that life. Not that you just be popping in and out of church and you're trying to find a holier sister. It don't work like that. You're this. This is a child of God like myself. And um, I've prayed concerning this matter. Obviously, I'm somewhat attracted to the sister or brother. And I'm relying on the fact that I believe this is God's will for my this particular person since they're in the garden, the God's will for my life. And because of that, that's what I'm committed to. The God factor, not my feelings and all these other things, because feelings change, looks change. But making sure that you're well rooted in the word of God, I think that's key. OK, yeah. And I want to make sure that um, I'm very clear because, you know, sometimes when you're addressing the specific thing, it might come off like you're seeing something else that you're not saying. So I want to make sure I'm very clear about this. The, the most important thing as a brother or a sister in Christ when you're looking for someone who you want to get married to is that they love Jesus. Everything we're talking about only applies if you love Jesus and the person loves Jesus. It's not that they go to church. They have to love Jesus. Because um, funny how I see a lot of people talking about relationships today. There are gurus now in relationships that, are, that their entire ministry is based off of relationship advice. And whatever they say, it's like bars. It sounds so deep and spiritual. Oh, my gosh. You cannot be da-da-da-da. I mess with da-da-da-da-da. It sounds so crazy. It's like, whoa, bro, you're giving revelations. But Christian, Christian relationships are not that complicated. <laughs> they are really not that complicated when you think about the basics of it. It should not even be that complicated. You don't need 100 bars to tell you a simple thing. The problem comes down in the people that we are interested in, right? As a woman, who is the man you, what kind of man are you interested in? As a man, what kind of woman are you interested in? You find out that most times, the highest level of uh, Christianity that some of the people we're interested in have attained is that they go to church. Not that they 
love Jesus, then the question someone should ask is, how do you know when someone loves Jesus? How do you know when someone loves Jesus? I'll say this. Now, someone can try to pick this part, what I'm about to say, but it's hard to be consistent about it. It's hard to be consistent about it. But they can try to fake it. And this is why, as we said before, you need prayer. You need to pray. And this is this. What is that person, what is their heart cry? When you have a conversation with the person for two hours, three hours, whatever it is, how many times are they talking about their love for God? How many times are they talking about the kingdom? How many times are they talking about Jesus? Because whatever you're in love with, you cannot hide it. It shows up. And this is not something the way you, you're forced about it. Because yes, another thing that people do that's weird to me is a woman or a man would try to force the other person to talk about the thing that they want them to talk about. Like, oh, well, I, I, I want him to, to love Jesus. So, so I'm going to be bringing up Jesus Christ every five minutes to see if, if he wants to have a conversation about it. I'm going to hint at him that I want him to talk about Jesus. No, it would be a natural thing that happens. Because a lot of people are going to church today but they are not in love with Jesus. And what we're talking about comes, that is the foundation, and that is the hardest part in this entire equation. That is the hardest part, to find a man or woman that loves Jesus. That is the hardest part. Because you, there are a lot of people that go to church. There are a lot of people that know the right things to say. Not everybody loves Jesus. So, brother, how do we find people that love Jesus? How can a woman find a man that loves Jesus? And how can a man find a woman that loves Jesus? How, how do we know? That's a good question. I think you kind of pointed this out a little bit. We, we can't make too big of a deal of these things and make it like the only thing that matters in our lives. Obviously, is a, perhaps it's God putting in your heart to want to get married or look for a spouse. But it's not one of those yeah, either I find a spouse or I die thing. Now, if you're part of a body of believers... That's one thing that's key, not popping in and out of church, but a body of believers, a family. Right. I think there's different perhaps church events that you could run into people. There are singles conferences now, which is nice. Right. But even back in the day, they didn't really have single conferences like that, at least when my parents were growing up. And this is the lovely thing. You see, I wish there was just like a nice balance of this. Unfortunately, I feel like the more knowledge we have of the word of God, the less one needs to pray, which sometimes is like, yeah, there's, there's some truth to that about, just a little bit. But no, there's this. You still want to be sh- sheeplessly. Is that a word? Uh, reliant on the Lord. Like, I don't know anything. I don't know how to do anything. Lord, 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 through prayer and fasting. And God can and does do some supernatural things. I mean, I know people who have gotten like the, the whole rundown of the wife that they're going to marry without seeing a girl. They know exactly who she is. That doesn't mean that's what's going to happen for everybody. But I think if one just relies on the Lord, you're a part of a body of believers. You can find a sister on Facebook and see. I mean, you can kind of keep track of you. You got to spy on the chick without her knowing that you're spying on her. You feel me? Because if she's in the church and you just keep looking her way when the pastor preaching over here is like, what's wrong with that guy? But. On Facebook or some social media, you can kind of see what somebody's life is about, kind of, although you don't really know the heart of the person. But social media, you can see Christian fellowships, your brothers and sisters in Christ who maybe could point you to somebody or invite you to a, a wedding or a house party for somebody's birthday or whatever it might be. There's different ways that people go around mingling and finding other human beings, you know, that are out there who are in the faith, at least 
to the best of your knowledge. So I'll say social media is one. Um, uh, Christian conferences is another one. Uh, Christian gatherings, like somebody's birthday party or things like that. Those are different ways that one can find somebody or any random thing. But I think just being prayerful and knowing like, because you don't want to make this a, oh, I got to search, I got to search. Because that's just, that's just like overwhelming. God is the one that he He will orchestrate it somehow. If I'm in his will, somehow I'll be led to go for that conference or go for that function or or, you know, like somebody's page and start. I don't know. It doesn't matter. There's different ways I'll get, I'll say that somebody can find somebody. I don't think that's just one set way. Okay. Um, so uh, in, in order for us to know how to, because I think the two questions there is like, how do you know that someone is following Christ? And then it's like, how do you find someone that's following Christ? Right. Two questions. Uh, how do you know that mm-hmm. someone's following Christ? Oh, and wait. How do you- Did you ask me those two? I thought you asked me, how do you find? Yeah, it was, it was both questions in one. Okay, so how do you know somebody's following Christ? Yeah. Um Yeah, that 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 one is a that one is a good one because you could be fooled nicely, especially with brothers. I think the brothers, I don't think the sisters fool the guys as much as the guys fool the sisters as much. Cuz I'll say sometimes girls are vulnerable, you know, and when you finally find a guy that seems to be about that life it's like, "Oh, there's one i mean yeah and you can stop discerning or you think you're discerning <sighs> now it's interesting and that and that five-year-old video or message that i that i said i looked at again that i preached i was saying that if somebody is following my advice right a sister's following my advice she probably will never get married because i'm gonna be expecting a brother who's jim jim as we'll say you know about that life you know who's worded up, who wants, you know, and maybe that sister is not even there. And usually the same type of person you are is what you find, you know? Uh, So I think there are levels of following Christ or the, you know, people's growth in Christ, I'll say. So the, 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 I'll say the foundation first is what are their doctrinal beliefs, right? It has to be it has to match up with yours, because if not, that's just going to cause trouble. That's unnecessary. Um, who do they listen to? What church do they go to? What are the doctrinal beliefs there? You want to understand that. Um, and then Jesus says, Jesus says, you will know they're by their fruits. Right. Um, what what is this guy producing? You know, like what comes out of and, you know, if somebody's just too, quote unquote, perfect. Sometimes that could be a red flag or sometimes it could be that they're just more grown in the Lord than you. You know, somebody who's overcome anger to the best of their ability or their knowledge. And you see, this person never gets angry. Oh, he's just trying to hide. I know he probably has anger really deep within because you got anger deep within. You think ain't nobody could overcome it. But this brother, I mean, God helps us to overcome. So maybe he has overcome that, you know. But how do you really know he's not hiding? Look, brethren, you don't know anybody, especially if you've been in court. I was in court for four years, right? It doesn't mean I knew my wife. I knew her more than I knew her before, but nobody knows a man except for the spirit in the man. That's where prayer really comes in and you not being biased. And this is what I use for my gauge of whether I'm biased or not. If I go to the Lord in prayer concerning anything, I have to lay it at the Lord's feet like this, that Lord, if you take it away, I'm cool. If you don't take it away, I'm cool. And you got to imagine not receiving the answer for your prayer and still saying glory be to God. So you go to the Lord in prayer and God says, no, it's not this guy. Or you get you know, a sense in your heart, you know, because I don't want to say God's going to tell you word for word or you hear this voice. You get a sense in your heart that it's not this guy. 
or you get a sense that it's that other guy. And you're like, uh uh-uh, uh, I can't marry so, him. So 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 hold on, so hold on. So you're saying that then God tells you is that guy or not that so you're saying so you're saying that, that that so that is something that we should pray for then? No, no, I said you get you could get a sense, right? Because you were mentioning even earlier, like that's where you pray. What are you praying about? If there's yeah, not yeah, no, be... no, 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 no. You are praying for the revelation of who the person is so that yeah. you make a decision. Okay, so perfect. it's not it's not God coming from heaven to tell you that's the guy or not that guy. That's, that's, why, what, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. Why, that's why I uh-huh. said I'm not saying you would hear something or it's going to be something, whatever. You get a sense. If you're saying you get a revelation, what is a revelation? Oh, you get to know that. Hold on, hold on. Let me land. Okay. You, you get a revelation that oh, this person is not this. Then you could decide like, oh, it's not that person. Why? Because it's not fitting with what you believe the word is. Yes, you get a sense that, uh, I don't know, because that happened to me too. I peep, Some sister, I was like, oh, she... It seems like the God told me that's not your wife. I got a sense in my heart like that's not her, bro. I can't say God told me, but I got a sense in my heart. That's not her because it doesn't fit the criteria of basic Bible stuff. Okay, so if you go to the Lord in prayer. And you know, this person, at least from your understanding, they fit the build from your viewpoint, like boom, they check off, boom, they check off, boom, they check off. But what about that extra thing that I don't know about? You go to the Lord in prayer with, with open hands, like, Lord, I'm not trying to fix this thing. I'm not trying to say this is exactly what it should be. I just want to be led by you. And you rely on that, that I was led in my heart. What I believe is the Lord leading me according to his word to marry this person. And I was trying to state that um, when you go to the Lord in prayer, the way to be unbiased is to think, what if I'm led to some other guy I don't even want? If you're like, nah, God can't do that. God can't leave me like that. Then you're being biased. What do you mean God can't? If you come in empty handed, you can't say don't do this and don't do that. and don't. No, you got to say, well, if I really feel led to go to that guy, hey, man, because at the end of the day, this is the last thing I'll say. You don't know what you like. You think you do, but you don't. The fact that you return things that you buy lets you know you don't know what you like. We have a gauge of, yeah, I like this. Yeah, I like that. And maybe when you taste that food, you're like, oh, I don't like that. Why'd you buy it? You thought you would like it in the same way, even with people, whatever it might be. You think you have an understanding like you think, you know, yourself, but there's still parts of you that you don't know of. God knows best. So you just want to rely on what you feel in your heart as being led by the Lord from the basic understanding of the word. And then prayerfully asking about whoever you come to a conclusion of like this person, that person, because you don't know anybody at the end of the day It's only God. Okay, so you said a few things there. Some of the things I agree with, some of the things I'm like, huh? Because it, sound, it sounds like, at least to me, to me, I don't know what any other person, and if you're online, you can leave a comment below. They all give, they were all giving me thumbs up, I think. I felt it in the spirit. They all give <laughs> me thumbs up. I'll right give now. you a thumbs up, okay. All hearts. <laughs> all hearts, okay. Uh, because it's, it sounded, it sounded close to, to the doctrine of saying God, God is choosing somebody for you. And, and, and here's, here's the thing, brother. That is the popular that's what is said everywhere. It's like what, God, what, it, the choosing God is choosing something for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the sense okay. of like God is choosing someone for you, right? So yeah. that's the popular thing that is said everywhere. Uh-huh. Now, but here's the interesting thing about it, right? Because and this is where I'm. This is where I think there is a fundamental. Um, what's the word? I think that there's a there is a breakdown in scripture versus our view of spiritual things. When God has said something, right? That thing automatically is there top of the chain right like and that is that is the standard 
Now, of course, in certain times, we've seen God go beyond the standard, right, to do whatever he wants to do, right? But that is not the standard. And this is where I'm going with it. The question is, what do we pray for? How do we pray? That is the question. Now, wait, okay, you asking new questions now, though. No, 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 brother. Let me finish. Let me finish. As you told me to let you finish, let me finish. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I am hearing from you, right? And guess what? If I'm wrong, correct me. Say, hey, no, 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 brother. That's not what I was trying to say. And clarify it. What I'm hearing from you is making it sound like, right? That, because every time, even by the time you're ending it, you're saying, and God will tell, God will let you know if this is the one, if this is the one, if this is the one. It's, I keep saying you'll get a sense. Okay, I think I will tell is, you. Yeah, okay, fine. You get a sense that this is the one. But my position on it is not that. And this is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say there. My position on this is this. God will reveal who the person is. How? I, I, and, and here's the thing. So, for example, now, let's say you're looking for a brother. And this is why I said the fundamental is where people get it off. Because people think that someone is already in Christ, and then they're asking God for everything else. Right? So, it's like, oh, but the fundamental is this. Lord, is this person walking in you? That is the fundamental thing. Is this person truly seeking you? Like, I want to see this person clearly. Then, guess what? You will start observing this. You will start seeing it. They will not be able to hide certain things. Little things you start picking up. You start having the spirit of discernment to see them for who they are. Then, at that point, and, and this is where, when someone is biased, right? If you're biased and you really want something, you will have it. You can take it, right? What we see there, because the way it's taught now is this. We, we're taught that God would, but I am saying we don't see that throughout scripture at all. We don't see this. We don't see this. So what I am saying is this. We pray rightly as in, and, 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 and as in the sense of, Lord, we want, I want to see, I want to know who this person is that I am interested in. I want to know who they are. I want to see them how you see them. And guess what? You make the decision. Not saying, well, God would tell me. And guess what? And I know a lot of people say, well, God told me. I just got. I guess what? That's fine. That's fine. But I see in scripture that you are the one who decides if you want to marry the person. I I see that in scripture. Yeah, you're I think you're trying to run away from something. I think you're running too far away because okay, where where, where am I running to? You're saying God will reveal, right? That's your own words, right? Reveal. How does God reveal? Because I'm saying, I'm saying you'll get a sense that because you've gone through the criteria of scripture, this person is professing to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I said, Jesus said you wouldn't, it didn't say pray. It says you will know them. How? Because you prayed and you got a revelation. No, by their fruit. Okay. Okay. Now, once I see the fruit, it's like, if I want to go a little deeper, because everybody could just show fruit, fake stuff. Jesus said that you bear fruit and your fruit remain. So you could say, Lord, is this a remaining type of fruit or is this guy just faking? Because I don't know. It seems good. Everything checks out right. As I said, according to the criteria, mm-hmm. it seems good. So, so far, yeah. so far, we're on the same page so far. Yeah. So because far, continue. It's, it's just terminology that you're trying to change, I think, because okay. I've been saying the same thing that you, according to the word of God, according to the whole garden theory is the person in the garden. God said, don't eat of this tree. What is that tree? The tree of knowledge of good and evil with Adam and Eve. But if we're using it in this sense, that forbidden tree, that forbidden fruit is somebody who's outside of the kingdom. Somebody who is, it says, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Somebody who's an unbeliever is not even a question. They go, well, wait, you don't pray about, you ain't got to pray about that. It's now people in the kingdom 
and you see somebody who, for some reason, you think can gel with you already in the kingdom. Now they show fruit that's, you know, according to the word of God, you see that, wow, this person seems to be because that's how everybody is, seems to be. Only God knows the heart of man. So therefore, you go to the Lord in prayer. Let's say you got five sisters that seem to be showing the same type of fruit and there are at least decently pleasing in your eyes. Okay, which one do you pick? It's true. Dude, you can just pick any one. That's true. And it could work. That's true. Just like you could eat any fruit. But as I was saying earlier, according to your body, even you know that, hey, people can eat that stuff. It's not illegal. It's not necessarily unhealthy. But for my body, my body responds differently to such. That's too much sugar or that's too much salt. Okay, that's personality traits. So now let's say you narrow it down. You see like this one kind of fits my personality more for me. Now, somebody could pull the trigger if they want. You're in the garden. Do whatever you want. But for me. I would tell somebody you still want to kneel down before the Lord and pray concerning one of the most important decisions of your life and say, Lord, you know, the heart of man, this brother, this, this brother, this brother, or this sister, this sister, who is the, who is this person or what is their fruit really genuine? Is it really true? And then how will you know if God is leading you to this one or that one or which one is real or not? You can get a sense in your heart. And the main thing at the end, because I can't say you'll get this dream, you'll get it. It could be that you get a dream, but you don't live off of dreams. It could be that you hear some voice, but you don't want to live off of that. It's in your, within your heart of heart, because when you get married, I believe as a Christian, your foundation should be. I believe I was led by the Lord through his word and through the prayers that I prayed to this person. Not that I was led by flesh that, oh, our personality check out. We gel. We did. You don't want to rely and make your strength on flesh. Let's make our strength on the Lord. And those things happen to people differently. Somebody it could be a dream that confirms it for them. Somebody to you, you said uh, God will reveal to you. What did God reveal to you about that guy? And that he didn't reveal about that guy. And you say, oh, well, that brother, he did something that blah, 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 blah. So that let me know that it's not him. It's him. And and to you, you could be like, wait, that disqualified him. That was it. That doesn't disqualify. Brother, that's that person's life. The, the person still in the garden is cool. That's what disqualified. That's okay. Somebody else says, oh, I had a dream. I mean, as long as the person checks out first, according to the word, got cool. And now you had a dream and this and that and blah, blah. And that's what convinced this sister to go with the brother or that brother to go with the sister. You personally, because you wouldn't take such a loose thing because that's loose to you as confirmation or revelation. You say, oh, okay. There's no right or wrong here because you've already walked through the door. You've already walked through the door of is a person saved? Is a person bearing fruit worthy of, of walking with Christ? Is the person, you know, showing these things? Is the fruit remaining? Okay. And then they say, this is what kind of, this was the icing on the cake. To you, you might need more icing. Somebody else is just a little squirt. They're like, look, I'm good. Hey, that's what's up. As long as you can testify that I did not rely on flesh. I didn't go with him because he got money. I ain't go with her because she found it in a mug. I ain't go because, you know, our businesses line up and we're going to be. Mm-mm. Okay, good, good. Because no. I, I think it's important that we clarify that stuff, right? And because when we even talk about rely on flesh, we have to define what that is. What does it mean to rely on flesh, right? Relying on flesh means you're not relying on the word of God, right? The standard and what made you into that relationship is not the word of God. That was not the foundation on which the house was built, right? The foundation is the word of God through the spirit mm-hmm. of God. And that is the thing, Right. And this is why, and you know, if I'm, if I seem passionate about this, I am because I truly believe people are praying wrong. 
when it comes to marriage. I, I feel like people are praying the wrong prayer. They are praying very lazy prayers because it's not prayers that makes that is that it's because uh, they don't want to look at what the word of God says. So they're not even looking at the word of God. They're just they're just praying weird. And most of the pe- people praying these prayers, it's like because sometimes there, there are two things. People think that just because you are walking in God, it means that the word of God still doesn't take it still isn't the standard and the foundation. Just well, I'm working in God. I'm doing all these things. I'm passionate. Yeah, if you are, then you will be subject to the authority of the Word of God, if you are. And then, because of that, you will know how to pray. Because what, we, what I'm not saying, and I want to make sure I'm very clear, is I'm not saying you shouldn't pray. I'm just saying the prayers that people are praying is wrong. And, and that is my point of view. It's like the prayers that people are praying is wrong because the prayers in Scripture, and we're going to look at a few questions quickly, and we're going to run through them, and we'll look at a, a question that was sent to us previously. And this is a question by a brother called Ross Bus. Ross Bus, whoever you are, Ross Bus. It's Ross the Bus. Ross the Bus. <laughs> you know, I think the brother thought he was probably a football player in school. He was probably <laughs> pathetic, though, but moving forward. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and you can even see the picture that he has there. He thinks he thinks it's something. All right. By the way, wait, guys, if you don't know who uh, this is, Russell, uh, my co-host. So I don't want someone thinking out. I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to show that some random guy on YouTube. <laughs> okay. So I says, so we bring our choice to God and ask him to approve or disapprove through prayer. So, I think, I don't know if we will answer the question the same way, but here's my answer to that. When you see a brother or sister that you are interested in, and, and they could be in church, it doesn't matter wherever you met them, because they could even be the choir master. It doesn't matter, because sometimes we allow those things to blind us to truth. Your responsibility then as a child of God is to bring that person to God and ask God to expose them before you. If you're going to marry them, ask God to expose them. That's the prayer I, I tell people. Pray that God exposes this person before you. Let God make this person. And guess what? The way God may speak to you is different. Like somebody, they might just start seeing the person act a certain way. And they're like, whoa, that's disgusting to me. Like, I, 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 is this a child? This is the way a child of God behaves, right? Because people are, are, are able to hide themselves. But when you ask God to expose, now you can see. You're asking God for wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask him for wisdom. You're asking him for wisdom to make a decision. You're not telling God, God, is this my husband and wife? No, that is a lazy prayer. Ask God to expose the person because now you can clearly see. And now you know why, why that person is not the right person for you. Simply because they are not following Christ. Then, guess what? If that person passes that first stage and you, the person is exposed to you, right? Still, you know what's so funny, right? And then someone goes, well, that means that God is chosen. No, that person still doesn't have to be your husband or wife. That's what, that, this is where I am going. That person still does not have to be your husband or your wife. Now you just know that this person is a believer that loves Jesus. Now you know that. But now this is where it now comes into where does this person gel with me? And, I, and this is where I agree with what our brother says. Does this person gel with me? Oh, is this da-da-da? All this. Because now you know that that first part, the most important part, has been solved. This person truly loves Jesus. But it doesn't mean that that is someone that you can work with in that sense, right? It doesn't mean that. So that is where, at least, you know, I, I think that... Those are the prayers that we should pray. I don't know if you have. Hey, we're going we to answer all these questions on the Facebook and YouTube, right? Uh, yeah, yeah we, and it, but most of them are going to be fast. Uh, yeah, we go right through Yeah, yeah, let's go to it. <laughs> okay, so this one says, does a woman choose her husband or does she wait to be chosen by her husband? Oh, this one's a good one. Let me give you to chosen. Chosen, I answered the first one. You does a woman choose her husband or does she wait to, to be, be chosen. chosen by her husband? Yeah. Well, we don't see women approach a man in the Bible. And the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And well, Eve was brought to Adam 
And then he said, you know, she ain't say nothing to him until he said something. At least it seems like, obviously we don't know everything that happened, but in general, um, and the man is the head. So how's the body leading? Lift your hands. So now it doesn't mean a sister can't know that mm, this brother is going to be my husband. Maybe the Lord revealed it to her somehow, some way, or maybe she's also praying what she ought to be. You just don't be sitting there waiting to just be picked. You should be praying too. Um, in the same way the man is praying. I don't think a sister should be approaching a brother concerning marriage. It Now, it doesn't mean, let's say a sister, because this is, and maybe one day we'll talk about personality. If you if you have a choleric girl, choleric, which is more, you know, they are more, they're leaders by nature. They're just naturally forthgoing, you know, forward, just out there. Okay. And you have a phlegmatic brother. This brother's always laid back. You know, if that sister knows that in her heart or she feels like, you know, whatever it is, that this might be the brother for her. And she starts off the conversation. There's nothing wrong with that. Or she starts off the friendship. There's nothing wrong with that. But pushing the whole wanting to get married or you're my spouse thing, that you should, the man should do that because the man is supposed to be the head. The body shouldn't be leading the man. But striking off, striking off a conversation or, you know, making the paths cross somehow. I wouldn't say, no, that's wrong, because where's the sin in that? Because there's just the personality traits and certain men, phlegmatics or melancholies, just more reserved, although in their mind, they've already made that move. But you won't see their body move for some reason or they won't say anything because they just lay back like that. So but I always say the man should be the one who not necessarily approaches, but bringing up that whole marriage and whatever. Let the man do that. Don't start leading a man before y'all even get. That's just, I don't think that's Christ-like, according to the word. Well, what some of us say, well, according to the word, the woman is not supposed to be out here working like that. But now what? women women have- Working like, like how? Like like working like how women are working today. Like have five shifts. And, and yeah. Guys hey. Like, like, so, so- That's cool. If somebody wants, hey, if, if the word is heavy on, if the word says women stay home and you should not go to work, that's different. If you see examples of women staying home and taking care of the children, it's like, okay, maybe that's just a better way of living. Maybe that's the picture perfect way that God has of living, but it's not a hard set rule necessarily. But I mean, for goodness sakes, I'm not against women working, but it seems like, cause God, God is sovereign and God can help people out in different ways. But it seems like women that are able to stay home with their children um, are able to raise well-rounded maybe even more godly children than other women. Now, this is the thing. Obviously, we live in this life of schedules. So if your children go to school and then you go to work while they're at school, and then by the time they're getting off of school, you come back home, like, what's the big deal? She, you can go to work if you want. But other people have it that women are not supposed to work, and that works for them. And other people have it like, yo, if my wife wants to go, hey, if there's no hard rule in the Bible, just don't make a hard rule. Simple. Okay, so would you say there's a hard rule that says only the man can approach a woman? I, I didn't say, I didn't say that. I said, because the man is the head concerning like a decision of let's move forward in a relationship. I said, it'll be wise to let the man do that versus the woman doing it. It's like, wait, this man that's supposed to be the head is not the one initiating this. To me, that's kind of weird. Hey, if that worked for that family and it's like, well, you know, the wife was when she, she even knelt down and proposed to him. Okay, well, <laughs> whatever y'all do, I'm just saying what I think is is, yeah. is wise. And and just to be clear, I don't disagree with you. I I, I just think it's okay. fun. I just think it's fun to ask, ask these questions. Okay, may God uh, help you. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's go to the next one. Uh, it says, okay, it says says. So we pray for God's choice. I think I I think I was I was clear on what I think the prayer should be. Um, you know. Uh, so I think maybe I think you asked that question before I 
I clarified it. It says, Bro Joel, I believe you and your chosen train of thought are the same. Yeah, I believe we've got into a uh I believe we've got into a valley that is leveled. Uh before he was on I don't know where he was, but you know, well, I think we got to, the, to 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 there. Does God's will play a part? If so, is You don't know where I was? I don't know where you were, bro. You were in the jungle. I was I was out here in the land of of milk and honey, are you? Are you in the forest. We should take. We should take a poll. I want people to vote. I want people to vote. I, listen, listen, listen. The, the views of men cannot overshadow the, the the word of God. And you're a man, so I'm gonna throw your view to the trash. All right. So this one says, "Does God's will play a part? If so, it's essentially God's choosing." Yeah, God's will play a part in everything. God's will plays a part in every single thing. So then you could also play that too and say, "Well, it's essentially God's choosing in everything that we do. God's will plays a part in everything." You know, if if someone walks into a grocery store and shoots everyone in the grocery store, it's only because God allowed that person to leave. It was God's will that that person should be alive to 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 be able to do something that stupid. So the point is, God's will overall plays a part in everything so if we want to look at that we can then apply that to every area of life and even in marriage too is the same thing that's why i said when it comes to this thing because it's so funny how people have this idea that there is one man and one woman for someone in life and I, my question always goes then what happens when that person dies and you're allowed to remarry so so then you took someone else's wife you took someone else's husband or you or you or you were the one giving two people so the question, so you start bringing all this thing, but what we find out is this, and I think our brother said this right, and um, it's we have been put in a garden, and we are allowed to have any of the fruits in that garden, and there's and there's that this there's that sort of a thing there, um, but it's God's will that you have any of the fruits in the garden, because it's His will that He put you in the garden. So so in that way, you can, you can kind of see it that way. And if you have any thoughts about anything I've said, bro, you can jump in and say that. Okay. <laughs> I love this one. Joel, did God reveal your wife to you? Ah, Tessa. I think your wife is watching too, so let's I see. I know, let's I know, it. but I've already told my wife all this stuff. You see, I, I, I ain't got no Answer secret. the question, brother. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. God did not reveal my wife to me the way people say it. Here's the thing. I discovered that my wife, because like I said, you pray the right prayers. I realized that my wife will help me grow in Christ. You know, and, and our brother here knows this. I was broken. Uh, I, I, I and my wife broke up for like a year before we got married. Just not say Because some people are like, oh, they broke up as married. No, no. While we're in courtship, like a whole year. During that year, I discovered that this woman was put in my life to break me from my, uh, and to break the pride that I had. And to, and to help me to be more humble. And to help me to be more patient. Because because patience, even till now, by the grace of God, God is working and still working in me. And I realized this stuff because because that was that was the prayer I was having. Like I, I just, you know, and that was it. And when I saw that, I went looking for her. I went chasing. And you can ask her if you know my wife, you can ask her. I went seeking her for a year. We hadn't spoken. I think about a year. I think so. And I went seeking her simply because I realized, whoa, this woman had has I, I need this woman in my life. Because I wanted to please God. And I realized, like, this woman was helping me please God more. So, to me, it was obvious to me that she was good for me. It says, uh, uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from me. She was good for me. She was good to me because she pleased God. Uh, or, or because I felt like she, she, she was 
she was help she was helping <laughs> she was she was uh she was being used as a tool in the hand of God to mold me. So yeah, so that's what I would say. So yeah, can you say God? It's not in the way that people think. I didn't see a vision, none of that. But I knew that she really loved God, and that was because that was the prayer. I knew that she loved God, and then I realized that wow, you know. And guess what? It wasn't because some people, right, would only go after the woman that makes you feel nice all the, all the time. No, no. I, I I went I went after her because I needed to grow in patience. I went after her because I realized she got on my nerves. <laughs> like I went because I realized, whoa, God is doing a thing. You know, that was why, because I wanted to please God. I wanted to grow. So for me, I needed that woman that would help me grow. You know, even though at the time, right now she's, my wife is the sweetest woman in the world right now. She wasn't always sweet. She wasn't always sweet. By the time I got married to this woman, she wasn't that sweet. And baby, if you're listening to me right now, you were not that sweet. But now you're sweet. Okay, cool. So, so let's uh, let let let's move away from that. I chosen. Uh, did God speak to you about your wife? Did you did you? Get oh, it? very much. We're not going to get into that. It's not my show. So let's keep going. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. You can you can share you can share your view. Go ahead. Well, I think uh, I don't want to waste the time. Somebody can go li- listen to the message because I, I gave like a whole rundown of how things happened for me to get married. But my mine was more old school. And I wouldn't, that's why I preach that message that we all see differently. So the way that it happened for me was a little bit more spiritual than others, but I wouldn't use that as a way to gauge somebody's knowing like, ah, bro, you didn't, you didn't know like I did. Well, then I don't know about that. No. Well, this is the way that God was working with me and um, made it known to me somehow, some way that this is who I'm to marry. And I followed the Lord's leading. It's a long story, so I don't want to bore anybody, but the the message is needle in a haystack. If you look up on YouTube, bro chosen. It's old. Oh, it should be able to you should be able to pull it up on YouTube. But um yeah, it's a long it's about an hour that I'm talking and I go through scripture and I I kind of use it in a different kind of like this whole garden thing, but I didn't have that understanding yet. But I, I listen to it. I think I still think it's a crispy message. Maybe there might be one or a few things I might pull away from a little bit, but I think all in all, I think is 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 standard. So okay, I know we got more questions, so I want to. If we have time at the end, maybe I'll, I'll throw I'll throw it in. Yeah, because we have a we have the questions that sparked this conversation today. We're, we're going to go through all of them. I just want to first of all get through this stuff. So then it means God revealed her to you. I already explained this, brother. I told you God will reveal the person to you, but it's not the way. At least to me, is to expose. The, to expose who the person is. And then, if you really know what your need is, you will see if they meet the need. That's it. <laughs> you will see if they meet the need. And it is, it, and, that's, and that's the thought process there. But guess what? Like, like our brother said, God can do whatever God wants to do. My, my whole my position is this. What is the standard of Scripture? That's the standard, right? It doesn't mean that God hasn't gone above the standard. God has done that a bunch of times. Not everyone, Jonah, not everyone was put in the belly of the whale. Right, some people when they disobeyed God, and we see this with the old prophet and the new prophet, the young prophet and the old prophet, when they disobey God, God, God destroys them. Jonah, God chose not to. So, so we see that God does what God wills. So sometimes He might speak to one person in a certain way, another person might speak to them in a certain way. But the, the fundamental question we always have to ask is this: What is the biblical standard for this stuff? Biblically, what do we see? How do we see this thing play out? It's not a matter of whether somebody had an experience. Yeah, a lot of people have experiences, but experience is not the standard. Because everyone's experience will be different. But when you take your experience and start teaching it as theology, as, as, as the standard of how God operates, 
that is not true. We only see, we see the standard from scripture. And then from then, you know, we kind of go from there. So if you're a person that feels like, hey, you know what? I believe this man or woman, yeah, I prayed the right prayer at the beginning and I know they are truly loving God. And then you want to pray about, oh, Lord, is this my husband? Well, go ahead, do that. If you, if you feel you need to do that, go ahead and do that. Ain't nobody stopping you. Like our brother said, you're in the garden. As long as you know you're in the garden, cool. You can do that if you want to do it. But that's not the standard of scripture. And that's where I'm trying to go. It's not the standard of scripture. So I'm just, I'm just. Wait, what what part is not the standard of scripture? The standard of scripture where you go like, oh Lord, is this the person for me? Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, like that is not the standard of scripture, you know. But the praying to see, Lord, is this person following you? We kind of, we, we, we should pray like that because that is the foundation. They must be in Christ. But how do you know they're in Christ? You don't know because the heart of man is expressive wicked. And who, who, and who knows it? So that is where we now pray. We ask God, God, show me, reveal this person. Let me see. Let me see who this person is, right? And maybe as you're seeing who that person is, then you now start seeing how they will influence your life, which kind of goes with my whole thing. So you can say, well, God revealed her to you. Yes. But I didn't get a voice saying she's your wife. No. That, that, was, a, that was a choice I made. Where I was like, okay, good. You know, I love... I love what I'm seeing in this lady. So with that, okay, cool. So so let's go to uh, the the next. Okay, I'm seeing a few things. So two more questions here, and then we'll go to this to the major thing that we want to look at. The prayer of exposure. Do we ask God to expose ourselves? Do we put into consideration that a person of interest is still a work in progress, like yourself? Oh yeah. And keep keep read the next one. Oh, uh, which one is that? The oh, next one is the person. Uh, remember, remember Jesus. Okay. Remember, Jesus came from a lineage of Rahab the prostitute, despite our history <laughs> or background. I pray we don't play the role of writing people off, considering we see a change for the better. Okay. All right, brother. Uh, here, I would disagree with you. I would disagree with you here. I think the first thing, because what scripture has said is what we should follow, right? Because you can say in certain instances or, or different instances, this and this. Second Corinthians, and, and let me put this up here, because I want to make sure that we all look at this clear second corinthians 6 verse 14 do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers but what partnership has darkness with law or righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness this is the basic thing that is it it doesn't matter how great the person is it doesn't matter how nice they are it doesn't matter because here's the funny thing about it when we talk about writing people off or whatever the problem is we are thinking about ourselves your marriage is a representation of the marriage between Christ and the church. It serves a deeper thing. It shows the relationship between Christ and the church. This is why husbands are told to love their wives as Christ loves the church. And their wives are told to be submissive to their own husbands. So how can you do that when you are mingling with darkness? It makes no sense. You no, can't. no, 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 no. That, that prayer of exposure, do we also... No, no, no. I, I'm going to the second question first. Oh, the second question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The second, the, second, cause the second one is the one that got me... Got me first. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's address the second one. The first one, I think I'll leave the first one to you. But the second one, for that one, the idea of like writing people up because of their history or background. Listen, their history or background should not matter if they're in Christ. So let's yeah, clarify I think, that. I think that's, uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's the part yeah. of it. So if they're in Jesus right now, they're following, they, it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they were, if they were prostitutes before, it doesn't matter. If the person had uh, five abortions, it doesn't matter if they are sold out now to Christ. It doesn't matter where they came from. It doesn't matter what they've done if they're in Christ. But if they are not in Christ, everything matters. Yeah, I, I don't think the, I think it's a brother. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't know. I can't yeah. see the photo, but I don't yeah. think they'll disagree with you on that end. I think it's just. 
because I think this might come from also parents. So like a parent told me, Hey, do you, do you want, you know, this person wants to marry a, a Brazilian. Do you know Brazilians worship idols? I was like, but what do Nigerians do? <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? Your tribe worship idols too. Like, and who cares if the whole nation worship idols? Does that person worship idols? Abraham's parents worship idols. So we is not, as you're saying, if the person is in Christ, the Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. This person is not following that lineage because they're part of a new lineage, a new bloodline. Then all those things of the past are irrelevant. I mean, if they're obviously still attached to those things, that's different. You're not in the garden. Prayer of exposure. Do we also ask God to expose ourselves? Do we put into consideration that a person of interest is still work in progress like yourself? Yeah. If they're in the garden and they're work in progress, there's no biggie. But if this just using this whole fruit thing in the garden stuff, just to practicalize it, if there's a bitter fruit and you bite into that fruit, you're you're now being exposed to that fruit. Lift your hands. And you see that mm, this thing is bitter. Somebody else eat the same fruit. Like, it's not bitter. What are you talking about? Because look, what a brother can handle from a, a sister, another brother's like, nah, bro. Bro, I ain't gonna lie. What? She did what? Nah. Like a brother can't handle that. Like he just, that doesn't sit well with him. It's just like if you go to somebody's house and the way that they talk to their mom, like, girl, please. Hey, you told your mother, girl, please? Because they can't picture themselves talking to their mom like that. But is it a sin to say, girl, please? Not to that mom. And the Bible doesn't say that. But in their way that they communicate, that's okay. So God exposing somebody could just show you that, hey, mm, this fruit's kind of bitter. And if you're like, oh, that's not that bitter. Or you see the sister react a certain way or the brother react a certain way or they do something that's like it just sparks like a whoa, no, although they might be in the garden. But this fruit won't be as beneficial to you and give you the pleasures, I guess, that you want when you taste something. So when that exposure comes, it's not just to write the person off. Well, you write them off if they're unbelievers, obviously. If God exposed to you that this person not going to follow me, ain't no, let me taste it again. Nah, bruh. And tasting doesn't mean you touching it. I'm just talking about you're seeing them in action, okay? So somebody starts thinking, oh, well, taste means that we're touching each other and having sex. No, brethren. Um, Brother, so, so you're out here teaching people to, to be fornicators. <laughs> hey, hey, that's what you said. That never came out of my mouth. This is your podcast, bro. Nah, but I'm just saying when you get exposed to that. So now let's say somebody you see, you get exposed to somebody again and you see that this, this, this fruit is really sweet to use like, mm, that's just too sweet. I can't handle that. And somebody else can handle it. So that exposure is just showing you this is what it is. Not that this person should be written off because they're in the garden, but for you personally, you might just think, ah, nah. Because as the brother said, or if it is a brother, we are all, we are all a work in progress. And I remember, this last thing I'll say, I remember, I'll never forget, a sister came to Fertile Ground and she said, if she knew my wife when we were in courtship, she would have told my wife to never get married to me. I was saying, Father, I thank you for you hid my wife from the, nah, but I was grateful that they didn't know each other, obviously, but she was just looking at me at that state, like, uh-uh, this ain't some good, no, bruh. She would advise her, don't marry this guy. If he's like this now, shoot, what is he going to be in the future? But my wife was a wise woman. She can look ahead, okay? So, likewise, that sister was in a relationship with somebody that was really rocky, and 
Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. But she was saying that she would have told my wife, don't marry me. Um, but we're all a work in progress. And to the glory of God, I think my wife is happy that she made the choice, you know. But yet still, we are all still a work in progress. So you don't just write somebody off because you see one little bad thing. As long as they're still in Christ, you can examine, can I live with that? Can I still, you know, blah, 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 and then make your decisions from there. Yeah. And and um, and what I would say in regards, because I actually think this is where I think that the prayer that I, I am asking people to pray, I think it, it's so important because here's what it does. First of all, it doesn't just reveal the person. It, it shows them, it, it gives you a clear vision of what you're about to get into. But at the same time, I truly believe it has the ability to show you what the, per, the potential that this person has in Christ. Because what it does is it shows if this person truly loves Jesus. Because here's the thing. A person that truly loves Jesus wants to follow the word of God, which means they have the ability to grow. They are not content with just being where they are. Like, like you know what I'm like if, 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 uh, if they are truly following Christ, Christ will lead them. You know, a few weeks ago we did the whole thing of, of uh, once saved, always saved, you know, the sheep, the goats. There will be growth in them. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit will be made manifest more and more in them. Why? Because God is working in them. So you should, you'll be able to see that. So I, I don't think, if someone is truly in Christ, and this is why the fundamental question here, because everyone assumes that everyone is in Christ, and this is, and this is where I think people get it twisted. And to, and to truly cover their error, they say, well, it was God that led me this way. So they use God as a crutch. It was God that led me this way. So it doesn't really matter what fruit is being produced. After all, God led me this way, so he knows the future. And this is why I say that becomes the fundamental error there. When you're going and say, Lord, I see your word. I want a man or woman that is sold out to you, that wants, that's in love with you, that you know is in love with you. Because God knows. Then you will start seeing brothers and sisters that are. And, and this is another thing, right? Because people go, uh, what prayer should they pray when you're looking for Pray, for, pray that God brings across your, your path men and women that love him. That's it. That's it. People that love him. Because, and then that is, that is when you start seeing those things. And I, and, and I believe that those are, those are better prayers, uh, uh, biblically, uh, to pray. Okay, so, so we're going to just do this quickly. Um, I think the other questions. Um, I'm going to go to the sister's question. So question number one. She has a few questions. So I'm, I just kind of put them on the Word document here. Question number one. What is the actual biblical way of finding your spouse versus the African cultural way? For example, someone who ain't even in, in America claiming up and down they are convinced so-and-so is their wife. This is more prominent in African culture. So, uh, okay, so I'm going to say this, then I'll, leave, I'll throw it to my brother to answer this question. So this is one of the things that gets me when people use this thing. Because it's a, it's a, it's a crutch. Uh, for a lot of people, where they go, a man would just tell a woman, God told me you're my wife. God said you're my wife. And it's typically African men that just come and tell a woman. <laughs> and I always go, if God told you she's your wife, why are you telling her? There's no, because what, what you're doing then, you're making her feel like that at this point she has no choice. Because if she's your wife, then if, she's, if she decides not to marry you, she's going against the word of God, against the will of God. And I'm like, if she's supposed to be your wife, you don't have to tell her because she will be your wife. You just have to do what you're doing, right? So, so, and I always think that that's an interesting thing that people do. And this is one of the reasons why then I'm like, because it, it, this idea and this concept has become such a religious thing. 
that is easily abused. Why? Because there is no gauge for it. There is no, there is no standard for it. You can use the same idea to marry an unbeliever. God said she was my wife. You can use the same concept to marry whoever you want. God said you're my husband. You know, oh, oh, why are you with this guy? You know, th- th- this guy is a criminal. You, you, know, you know, he kills people. Yeah, God said, God said he's my husband. There, there's no more standard, right? No more standard. So anyway, I don't, so I'll try to you. They are convinced so-and-so is their wife. This is more prominent. In the country. Yeah, if somebody's convinced that somebody's their spouse, I don't see if there's anything wrong in that. Just that in general. I mean, obviously what might come with it, like in, again, that message I preached, I said, brothers shouldn't be going to sisters saying, bro, bro stop plugging your message, bro. Stop hey, plugging your, you plug your message Listen, how many times? So we know you, you preach know, it. You know what Jesus told the disciples? <laughs> There's much more that I want to say to you. <laughs> but you can't bear them now. You know what I'm talking about? So, There's much more that I want to say, but this podcast won't be able to hold it together, brother. So, and I don't want to go on that long explanation, but it's not wise to go to a sister. Hey, God told me that you're like, what, what do you want her to do with that? You know, that's. You're putting a person in a weird spot. I'm not against at the end of the day saying, yeah, I believe I'm convinced in my heart that you're the one for me. Okay. But that shouldn't be like the beginning conversation or something. You know, I don't know. It's, I think that's kind of weird. It's just putting a person in a weird spot. Now, if somebody does that, because I, I think I know a brother who went to a sister straight up and said, God said, you're my wife and they're married today. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, oh, is it a sin? Did he do it all the wrong way? <laughs> I wouldn't advise somebody to do it like that just because you're, especially let's say you're a prominent brother. Everybody looks up to you and you go tell a sister who may be a little bit more vulnerable, just coming into Christ and learning things. And this prominent brother says, God said, it's like, you're, you're not helping that sister be able to develop herself in God because she's not going to be able to decipher God between, oh my goodness, this brother says, so it's just not a wise way to go. But if somebody's utterly convinced that somebody's their spouse, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, when it's from another country to another country, that might seem a little fishy sometimes because like maybe you're just trying to leave that country. Why can't you find another sister in your own country, dog? But it might not be that case. Maybe God is truly leading that brother. So that's all I got to say with that one. Yeah. So uh, the first part of the question says, how, uh, what is the actual biblical way of finding your spouse versus the African way? I think we've kind of touched on a lot of it today, but I just want to make sure uh, it's just... The biblical way, first of all, is this. Seek after Christ. Just follow Jesus. Seek after Christ. Um, the funny thing about my wife now is uh, I was introduced to my wife by a brother uh, who, who sometimes likes to uh, promote his, his videos in people's podcast all the time. Uh, so, a terrible brother, bro. You shouldn't have listened so, to that guy. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he just sent me a text message one day. Like, hey, bro, you, you, I, I think the message was like, still looking or something like that. I was like... Oh, what does this guy want now? <laughs> and that, that was that was the, that was the beginning of the conversation. That guy was probably a true prophet of God. I guess. Uh, get I out guess of here! Get out. out of here! <laughs> so, so, the, but, but the point being this: the point being this. So, the reason why, and I, I was telling someone recently, I was like, the reason why he felt he could do that was because he saw my wife and he felt, hey, this is a godly sister that's seeking Christ, and here's a brother that's seeking Christ. I believe, in some sense, if I wasn't seeking Christ and she, or she wasn't. He would not have felt like we. Yeah. You see, that's the African. That's the godly way. I'll say is Christ centered and the African way or cultural way is, oh, this person is from my culture. Oh, that person's from my culture. Here you go. It, it should it shouldn't be that when Abraham said, go get somebody from my relatives. That's a picture of God's family. OK, don't go outside of God's family. Go get somebody from God's family. 
And as you said, he didn't specify which one. He just said somebody in God's family. That's all I care about. Because if they're in God's family, it will eventually work out in a sense. Now, maybe the personality traits, this one might have been a better workout or easier life, perhaps, or something. But um, if it's in the garden, if it's in God's family, it'll be cool. But African cultural way or whatever ethnic group you're from, they look at that first and then say, go to that person versus is this person in Christ? They think, nah, is that person from my tribe? Which if they're in Christ, they shouldn't think like that. But most people are not fully, they don't want to understand what it means to be in Christ. So we'll leave that alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and isn't it funny how they, they are really concerned before you get married, but once you get married, they just move on. Like they move on to the next person. <laughs> like they're really awful. Oh, you must marry. You mean you're married. Okay. It doesn't matter if you're suffering. Work is your done, bro. It's finished. Yeah. The work is done. They move on to the next person. This is mm-hmm. why. This is why it's very important that, like our brother said, don't go from a cultural perspective. You must go from a biblical perspective, a Christian perspective, which is this. Do they love Jesus? Like, that, that, that's the foundation there. Like, and you must be seeking Christ. So that becomes your standard. Because if you're not seeking Christ, it's hard for that to be your standard. Because there was a time when I was out here in this world, and I thank God for saving my soul. But, but you see a girl that is, that is wearing, uh, whatever she's wearing, let's just say uh, your heart needs to be renewed after you've seen her wear it. You just, and then she's saying, oh, the brother I want is a brother, just want someone that, that goes to church and loves Jesus. What? Those yeah, God's going to use that brother to transform her, bro. <laughs> like those two don't work. What are you talking about? And like, I, w- I, w- I want to I add this real quick, that there is, it's not that many of real brothers and sisters out there, but they are out there. I'll yes. say that. So yes. you would think like, oh, so it's just, oh, yeah, my church is pretty big. There's a bunch. All because they go to church doesn't mean anything, right? But it's not that many of them out there that are genuinely following the Lord, but that doesn't mean they're not out there. They are. And I've seen ministers who their standards of following Christ is so high. You think, how is this guy's son going to find out? And they find godly women that match their standard of following Christ. So there's somebody out there for everybody. So don't be discouraged. And, and, and here's the thing, right? Because And this is where I will kind of go because I, I didn't mention this before because I don't want what I'm saying to be misconstrued. But I'll say it now. If you're a daughter or a son that is truly following your father, as in God, he will bring around you people that you're compatible with. That is, he will bring to you men or women that are following him. So you know, if you see only sinners around you, God telling you you're a sinner. Then. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if, if, if all you can see around you are just darkness and those are the only guys that are, I don't know, man, because here's know. the thing, right? I always used to say this stuff, right? People talk about uh, men being dogs, right? I'm like, yeah, the question is, this, are, are you a bone? Because if you're a bone, you're going to be attractive to dogs. But, oh, that's clean, bro. That's clean. Uh, you're going to be attractive. But, and here's the funny thing about it, right? Uh, something I used to think about before was, was this. When I was out there in the world trying to just do what worldly men do out there in the world, talking to ladies and just do what... There were certain girls I would not approach. I would not approach. Why? Because you could just tell that their standard was different. Because you knew you weren't good enough, bro. I, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> Like, like I knew I wasn't good enough. Like I just, I just, I'll, I'll be like, Hey, what's up? Hi. <laughs> I walk by. Hi. Because, because here's the thing. Cause what they have is not what I want. Power past power. Exactly. Right. It's, it's their levels of this game. Deep color to deep. Exactly. <laughs> and I was shallow. <laughs> so but the point is this, there are certain things that depending on how, when you're in Christ and you're following Jesus, there are certain men that will not even approach you. And the same thing with, 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 uh, 
with uh, uh, men for women. There are certain women that will not approach you. Now, I think it's different for women sometimes because women sometimes try to aim for what they, they, they shouldn't be able to receive. <laughs> like, like, like they try to aim for above their level, right? In that sense. So for men, you, but here's the thing. As a man, you should be able to discern clearly and go, no, no, no. You know what I'm saying? And this is where prayer comes in, into, the, into the thing. But like I said, if Christ is the foundation of which you're seeking out, I am telling you, brothers, I'm telling you, sisters, you're going to quickly push people away. Like, you're not even going to waste your time. There are people that would just not, they won't go past the first round. Like, when they say hello, you're just like, bye. Because <laughs> you you it's just, it's not that you don't love them. You love them, but they cannot be the one to walk with you in Christ for the rest of your life. So, so it's, just, it's just, you know, I'm, it starts first of all with seeking Christ. So let's go to the second one here that we have here. Question number two. Okay, how can one day when you are ready, how can one know? Maybe that's, maybe that's yeah. the word. How can one know when you're ready for courtship? How do you separate logic from godly wisdom? Ooh, I like this. For example, I'm too young, still in school, want to finish school first, preferring someone who is in the U.S. or at least my state. Mm. All right. So question number two. Do you want to start or should I go? You go ahead. Okay. How can you know you're ready for courtship? Okay. See, I was going to answer a certain way, then I stopped myself. And because I stopped myself, wisdom, wisdom came. <laughs> How do you know you're ready for courtship? The answer to that question, now, if you're a Christian, which I think this should only apply to a believer, the answer should come in this. What are you seeking in your relationship? Why are you seeking a relationship? The answer to that question will tell you if you're ready for courtship or not. If what you're seeking, if the reason why you're seeking a relationship is simply just for companion, that is the reason. There is nothing wrong in that in the world, but there's something wrong in that in Christ. Because that should not be the only reason. Why? Because you realize that this person isn't just supposed to be your companion. This person is also supposed to help build you in Christ. When Christ becomes the reason why you're seeking companionship, aha, now you're ready for courtship. Because now you can make decisions that are right. You can see clearly. Because Christ is the foundation, is the reason why you're moving towards that direction. You're not just seeking companionship for companionship's sake. Because then you don't really need to be in Christ for that. Anybody can do that. That's what everybody is doing. Oh, I'm lonely, so I need somebody. That's what everybody's doing. But when you start seeking Christ in this, and that becomes the gauge, that becomes what you're looking for. Man, I'm, you know, I, just, I just want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. I, I want somebody that, that we, can, we can carry this together. Just follow Christ together. Someone that can help build me up. That can help lift up. That's, you're looking to, to die to self. You're looking to die to self. When that is what you're seeking, you're ready for a relationship. You're ready for courtship. So that would be my, uh, my answer. And this is why it's not dependent on age. I don't think it depends on age at all. <laughs> you could literally be 18 years old and be in courtship. I've known people that are 18 years old and, and they got married and they've been married forever. So it's not an age thing. It's a maturity thing in Christ. It's, it's, a, it's a perspective thing in Christ. Because when you have that thing clear... Because you could be 45 years old and still not have it clear. And you could get married, you could get in courtship and get married. And at the end of the day, you could have a good relationship, but you'd not be a Christ-centered relationship. And for some people that hear him right now, they're going, oh man, what is he talking about? Like, this is like, this is like, like, like French. It makes no sense. And that should say, that should tell us a lot about how we look at relationships today. It's not Christ-centered. It's just, it's just about how we feel. But anyway, I'll throw it to you, brother. Yeah, I think I'll just kind of add on. I think that's true when it's Christ-centered and age is not 
it is a factor to some extent, but it's not a major factor. Because if you got a 15-year-old that's like, yeah, man, I want to follow the Lord. I'm ready for it. Like, bro, what are you talking about? I think you have to look at your future like, okay, courtship leads to marriage. That's the purpose you're getting into courtship. It's not a testing time. And I keep plugging that message because I said so much in that thing. But it's not, it's not a testing ground. Because when you get in a vehicle, you know where you're going. You don't just get in a vehicle, drive around uh, mindlessly. So getting in a vehicle with this person on this journey now, we know our destination is marriage. What is your time frame of that? I think that's also important because biblically, I don't think people in the Bible, now I haven't researched it, but I don't think they were in courtship for like 15 years. What you doing, bro? I don't think they were in courtship for no like seven years. Now, my courtship, just to throw a little something in, it was pretty long, but we were also far from each other. She lived in Cali. I lived in Houston. And I I knew, at least in my heart, like I was looking at my life and I don't know where I got this from, but I believe it was from the Lord. Okay. Like I just looked at my life, like by the age of 25, I should be married. And I started courtship, I think at 21. I started praying at 18. Lift your hands now. That's some years right there. Doesn't mean you got to pray that long to discern. But for me, I did. Looking at like, okay, am I trying to get married in two years and one year and five years? Because if you get in courtship, this is just my opinion, because the Bible doesn't spiritualize marriage in certain ways. It doesn't tell you, um, oh, man, if you're getting te- tempted sexually, go fast and pray. It tells you go get married. That doesn't mean that, oh, once you get married, you won't have temptations. But it's just letting certain things like you flee from every from sexual morality. You don't pray and fast about that. You you flee and then go pray and fast after you ran away. So. If you're in courtship now, let's say you get in courtship with this person, but you have no plans of being married for the next five years. Personally, I don't think that's wise, especially if they live in the same city as you. That's just too many opportunities to start doing ungodly things, in my opinion. Now, if they're far away from you where you know that you won't have such opportunities like that, then I guess a long courtship won't be as drastic or as um, tough. Well, I mean, it's different, but you're, you're, you're grown in a different way because you're just only communicating on the phone. You're not building in another way of seeing each other and seeing how the person reacts to this. In, in, in the same city, you could kind of see that. So the courtship is usually shorter. But when you see a long courtship, honestly, I usually see it in the world or people being together for a long time. They probably, you know, I'm talking about doing a little something, something that you ain't supposed to be doing. Not saying that you can't abstain from that, but it's harder. So as, as our brother said, it's not really an age matter, I would say. Obviously, if you're 15 and stuff, I think age does kind of matter because when are you planning on getting married? What are you doing? But I also think it's where you are in life. If you're extremely busy and you got so many things on your mind, adding a relationship on top might not be the best thing. It can still work, but now you got to find time for this. It's just like this might not be the best time for you. So everybody is different. There's no set rule, but I just don't think people that are still in high school, I don't think that's the best um, time to be thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I've seen I'm it's all Christ centered. So let's get in a relationship. I don't think they're developed enough. OK, but that's yeah. just my opinion. Bible doesn't okay. take it. OK. Yeah. So so, uh, you know, scripture says, you know, there's a time for everything. And I think that everyone's time is is different depending on this. Why it's hard to look at someone's life and say, well, this is the right time because everyone's time is different. Uh, depending on what God is doing in your life, where God is taking you, different things like that. Someone's time might be a lot Earlier than someone else's time. In the Bible times, people got married at the age of uh, 12. People got married at the age of 15. People Man, married I at... didn't meet a girl when I was... <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, for, for, for getting... And you know what's so funny? Then they ended up living long lives with, with the people. So it's like, you'll be with them forever. We're missing something, man. So <laughs> your daughter at the age of 12, bro, 
Hey, maybe if she's good enough, I might, I might um, listen, you know, bro, let listen, my son, bro. you know, turn back. I, I've already gotten a lot of uh, requests, and uh, and I'm going through applications. I am I'm <laughs> going to decide. <laughs> um, all right, so so uh, our brother put, put this thing. We're going to read this before we go continue the sister's questions. If marriage is a picture of Christ and His church, shouldn't how Christ chose His church be the wisdom in how we choose a spouse? If not, fine. If so, how does Christ choose His bride? Hence all that the Father has given me. Okay, so wonderful question, brother. Uh, I, I like that uh, you are throwing these questions out there. I think I've already said this before. The, the point is this, right? When you are in the body of Christ, you are in the garden of Christ, of God. At that point, guess what? Any tree is available for you. That is it. Like, it's not, it's not a thing you can have of any tree in this garden, except it's like the things that God has told you not to take, there's like, don't take those ones. But whatever is made available, is made available to you. And, and, this is, and this is the difference there for us. It's like, for us, because, or else, you know, if you're going to make it a, a one-by-one, uh, 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 what's it called, uh, a reflection, say, well, you know, the church is, is this, and is, everything is a one-by-one reflection, then I think at that point you start running into error. Uh, but if we look at what the word of God says, yeah, you are according to the will of your father. So it is still your father that is making the decision. His will still takes over. So even when you, even by the time you're getting your husband or your wife, it is still God's will. So, it, you know, I don't want to be misunderstood to say it's not God. It is still God's will, but you made a choice. It is still God's will, but you made a choice. Because at the end of the day, when you look back at it, you can clearly say, I chose this person. I'm in love with this person. This person, I chose. I, 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 I accepted this person. I went to this person, however you want to phrase it, you know, in that sense, according to the will of God. You know. So uh, anyway, so that, that's, uh, that's how I would, uh, I would answer that question. Uh, okay, so here's another one. What if you have ministers coming to you telling you details such as features of your future husband? For example, height, ETC, or they introduce you to someone who wants your hand in marriage. All right, Chosen, go, go on. Yeah, you see, some of these things are not bad in a sense. Like, because we don't want to downplay spirituality. But at the same time, one has to be wise. If a man of God, per se, says, Sister, come here. Last night, I saw a vision of your husband. He's about 6'3", light-skinned, long arms, and uh, he plays for the Houston Rockets. It's like, what are you talking about, Eric Gordon? You know. <laughs> it's like, okay, what do you want the sister to do with that? Because now you not saying God can't speak directly to somebody, but there's almost no room for her to say yes or no because you just stamped God's hand on it. Um, now, I think as the second part of the question was, what if they're introducing you or saying, I forgot how it was worded. Um, yeah, uh, it's right here. Okay. Introduce you to someone who wants your hand in marriage. Okay. Introducing, right, to someone. I, there's nothing wrong in that, like saying, hey, to me, this is how I think people should do it. <laughs> Because you just got to be careful with these things. Let's say I see a sister. I'm like, man, this is a God. And let's say I see a brother. I'm like, this brother is not good for man to be alone. This brother over here looking like, okay, I would talk to the brother because I believe the head should approach, right? Um, I'll talk to the brother like, hey, bro, you can look over there real quick. 
But I won't bring both of them together and say, look at each other. To me, that's just silly. Like, that's weird. You've already messed it up. I'm telling the brother, look over there as in look, go and pray. Go discern. Don't just go and approach. What do you what is that? Like, why, what is leading you here? Your desperation for marriage, probably, or you're trying to get papers, probably, or you're trying to leave your country, probably, or you're trying to have babies, probably. It's not Christ. It's, it, ah, that's not, it should be godly brother, godly sister. Hmm. I wouldn't bring both of them together. And then now they're looking at each other. It's like, that's weird. Talk to the brother. Say, brother, go pray. Emphasize prayer. Emphasize the will of God. Emphasize the word. I don't really know this sister that much. Or even if you do know much about the sister, you don't want to glorify the person too much, especially if your if your um, opinion weighs heavy on this person's heart. So if it's brother A, I, I don't want to glorify the sister B in brother A's heart so much that he can't even think of anything else than what I've told him. But if I know that my opinion is not such a heavy thing in his heart because we're cool, whatever. Um, I could let him know like, hey, brother, from what I know, it seems like that sister is pretty. Woo. Let that brother make a decision on his own. I think the error comes when we overstep or pastors or uncles or aunties or friends, when you overstep and do as though you know God's will for this person's life, even if you do, because I'm not going to say you can't know God's will for somebody else's life. Who am I to say that? But even if you do somehow go and pray to that same God, he going to make it happen. But don't start, you know, working things out. Why? What do you have to gain in this thing? I don't think it's wise. It just gets messy. But there's nothing wrong with introduction. Um, there's nothing wrong with maybe somebody thinking that, oh, this person. Because I've known people that me personally, I've peeped and it's happened three times. One, the person still got married to the person I didn't think they're supposed to get married to. But hey, it is what it is. That's my opinion or what I felt in my heart or being led by the Lord. But the other, no, yeah, one, yeah, the other three, these people broke up. I ain't say nothing to them. I just met, there was a sister who said, oh, yeah, I'm in courtship with this one brother. So I went to the minister. I was ministering in L.A. Um, yeah, in this auditorium, this big, whatever. Okay. And I met the brother. We didn't talk for one minute. <laughs> we just dapped up, blah, blah. Right away in my head, I was like, this is not her husband. Like, this can't work. Like, it just doesn't. It's like this fruit is not good for her, man. It's like I, I kind of know that sister. This don't match. But hey, with God, all things are possible. But before you knew it, they broke up. They both are married to separate people now who seem to match them better than what they would have matched each other. OK. And the others, I don't know if they're married, but they also broke up because it's just like this doesn't seem to work. But I don't know best. What might not make sense to me might make sense to somebody else and they go ahead with it. But so there's nothing wrong in that. But I didn't go to those people. I didn't call that sister like, what? That's who you want to marry? Don't marry it. What? Now, if I believe that guy is outside the garden now and I, I respect this sister, I can say, hey, sis, so what do you know about this guy? Blah, blah, blah. And try to say, hey, to me, it seems like this guy's not even in the garden. He's not even in the kingdom. Or uh, did I just get the wrong picture of him? That's it. But if he's in the garden, following the Lord, leave him alone. If you really think that God is not, go pray. God is more powerful than you. Basic. Okay. So, uh, in regards to the first part, if you have ministers coming to you telling details such as features of your future husband, I think that was garbage. I completely believe that is garbage. Um, and uh, here's why I believe it's garbage. Nowhere in scripture is this thing at all. Not even like a hint, even in the Old Testament where we see like crazy things happening. We don't even see something like this happening. Don't come and say, well, your husband is going to be five foot eight 
he's light skinned he's this and this you know i had i had a, a girl I was talking to one time you know someone told her a prophet told her that oh you know what he doesn't see a light skinned man in her future and you know he was giving her prof- uh, words of prophecy and i told her i said listen if you if you listen to what this man is saying right now you're going to be bound to him forever because what will happen is this hey, the prophet was right though <laughs> yeah 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 he, he was right he was right to the sense of like guess what at the end of the day guess what she got manipulated and that's exactly what it is but here's the problem though it's not even whether what he said came true or not in that sense because it's part of that whole thing of like saying it's a self-fulfilling prophecy a self-fulfilling prophecy you put a thing wherein you go i cannot achieve something and then you don't achieve it it's like so you you, you fulfill the prophecy yourself it's not because guess what if it's a thing where it's like because by the time he says that guess what will happen because she has that mindset, all of a sudden, if she's talking to a guy or she was interested in a guy, she, she's no longer interested in him. Uh, am I making sense? Do you think a brother and a sister could come, right? And they approach a pastor and say, oh, pastor, we want to get married. Yes. And a pastor just discerns in his heart like, nah, y'all are not meant for each other. Like, he just knows in his heart somehow. Like, this is not. And pe- let me add a little spice to it right here. Okay. This ain't no story time. You feel okay. me? Some things. Okay. And he's like, no. This one is supposed to be married to that brother. Right? Oh no! Oh no! Come oh, on! No. Garbage! Garbage! Listen, garbage! You're not. If you ain't got the spirit, Gar- garbage. People with the spirit, bro. Don't be hating, bro. Bro, listen, listen. It, you ain't got it, bro. Why? Are you, why are you a hater, brother? You be sipping in the morning, brother. Instead no. of living water, you be sipping some hater. <laughs> bro, bro. Out of your belly is flowing rivers of. Oh, oh, oh. This is, that made me so I'm disgusted. Like, okay, so something that we've not we don't see at all happening in scripture, right? Then we now see a pastor saying, so so here's the thing. At that point, that man decides the most important thing in your entire life. At that point. That man just gave you a decision and told you, hey, you know what? The most important decision you're ever gonna make. I'm going to decide it for you right now. This is, this is the man for you. This is the woman for you. Now go on. Once that happens, tomorrow, whatever decision you want to make, you are going to listen to that man. doesn't matter what it is. Even when things show up and you might see like, I don't think this guy's a true prophet. You, you are going to be blinded because you've already made the most important decision based off of what this man told you. So you are bondage yourself to the authority of this man. That is insane to me because even... When we go to the New Testament, right? Because you could say, well, in the Old Testament, they had prophets that just come and say things. Yeah, because they didn't have the Spirit of God. The New Testament, you don't see that. If the Spirit of God told someone something, the person's asking God about it. <laughs> like somebody else says, well, the Spirit of God, and you see this with Cornelius and, and Peter. Oh, come, because that's an unusual thing. Peter is not expecting that. Guess what? The Spirit of God had to go talk to Peter first. Let Peter know that this was going to happen. Yeah. What else? If somebody, because I remember I was at church, I remember this uncle was was vehemently angry with me that I said, if I believe God is leading me with all that I know, that that is my wife or that sister is my wife and a prophet, a big name prophet or pastor says, no, brother, that's not your wife. If I respect that man of God, right? If I do respect him, because I we might differ on this. I believe there's a place for that. If I respect this man of God and he says, brother, I don't, I don't think that that's the right choice for you. Mm-hmm. I will consider like, ah, wait a minute. I really feel in my heart that, but this is a man of God I respect. This is not just some guy I just listen to. No, this is a man that follows the word of God. 
I would go back and pray like, hold up. I I believe like, why would he say that? Maybe God is speaking through. Cause how does God speak to people? How does God expose? How does God let people know? Right. It's in different ways. Maybe I'll go back and pray like, wait a minute. I'm still convinced, but why would he say that? That's weird. But that uncle was like, no, ain't no prayer. If the man of God, the prophet said you, you don't even go, you don't even question it. I was like, bro, how can you say such a thing? Then I'll just, what if the next prophet comes to me and says, Hey, this, what if the next prophet, where does it stop? You know, but to me, like, if I'm going to make a decision that I think is legit and this and that, and it doesn't, let's say marriage. Okay. Oh, that's a big one. Uh Let it be something else that a brother who I highly respect or a man of God, highly respect says, Hey brother, that decision that you're going to make, I don't know. I'm not feeling that peace in my heart about it. One could think, I don't care about your heart. It's my decision to make. But I think a godly brother, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about somebody who's manipulated by men of God and you just say, yo, yes, daddy, yes, daddy, to everything they say. But you respect the word of God above the word of men. But this man that also respects the word of God has kind of said, hey, bro, let's rethink about that. Me personally, I'll say, okay, yeah, I could rethink. I don't know why he's saying that. That's kind of awkward, but I could rethink. I just won't shove it away like what the, nah. You can't tell me that so, because I'm already convinced. Okay, uh, so, so this one says arranged, arranged, arranged marriage in African culture, even through the church. I don't, I don't understand this one. So I guess, I guess, what is our view on arranged marriages? Go ahead, go ahead. Your, your, your uh, life view on arranged marriages. Yeah. Well, what do they mean by arranged? You know, as in, you know, hooking up a sister with a brother in the church. You know, say, hey, this is, uh, you know, the African. Well, somebody, you know, you see. This is the thing. This is where I was talking about if the Bible doesn't make rules about it, you don't want to make rules. Because if you're talking about arranged marriages, you can find that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Go get Isaac had nothing to do with it. It's just like, nah, this chick is coming over here and this is going to be is the setup. OK, um, now the Bible doesn't say that marriages ought to be arranged, but at least the day in the day that we live in, I don't think that's the wisest thing. Obviously, you can make a decision for yourself. Um, I think it's a, a cultural thing. And if we look at that scripture, he who finds a wife. So somebody could say, well, that means that I could go looking. You know, if your parents bring, did you find? I mean, you found her in your house and they're telling her, telling you that, hey, this is when you're going to marry. Yeah, but not that you want to go find. So um, arranged marriages, I, that's not something that I would. Um, if we're talking about Christianity. I don't think any true child of God is going to arrange a marriage for his son without the son's consent. Now, bring in maybe a sister that you think is worthy or Christ-like and saying, my son, look over here. Perhaps this sister is, you know, going to be fitting. And somebody wants to see that. Oh, you see, that was an arranged marriage because the dad told him to look over here. I don't see any issue with that. But where it's like the child, because I believe the way the person's talking about arrange is like, the person doesn't have a choice. I've spoken to some Indians that I know, not that that's the only culture that does it, but I think they're kind of known for it. And yeah, the lady had an arranged marriage. Like they just brought it to the US. Like this is, this is him. <laughs> Ain't no, her, yeah, her parents. Oh yeah. Her parents had an arranged marriage and they, was, they still been married. And you know, that's the funny thing. Other people, they arrange it for themselves and they get divorced. Right. But these people were arranged and they still married. Doesn't mean that they're happy, but it is what it is. So now it's time for her to get married. Right. And obviously, because the parents are coming from that arranged marriage life, not that the mother didn't like that, though. She really didn't like it, but it's kind of like culture. It's kind of life. It's like life. So it's like, okay, whatever. Um, And she's lived with it. And certain certain questions 
the daughter doesn't ask the mom, you know, like, do you love your husband? Like things like it's just kind of like, don't go down there. That's not how we got set up. So don't be talking about that. But now the daughter is seeking marriage. And obviously the parents have people for her to marry, but now they're in the US, right? So it's not the culture is not as heavy as if you were in India. So it's kind of struggling. But as for a Christian, I don't think a man of God, a child of God, like a man of God isn't like your dad or your mom would go and find another child of God and make you guys marry each other. I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't I don't see where that is. And I think if people are doing that, um, I think if people are doing that, that's manipulative to me that I, I don't I don't think that that should be done. You know, you could advise somebody look over there, brother, look over here, but not go over there and you must Nah. So that's my take. Awesome. So add to what our brother said uh, in regards to Irene Marie. Now, if someone's just introducing, if it's an introduction kind of thing, I, I don't see a problem with it, right? It's like, hey, introducing, uh, introducing people together. I, I don't see, a, I don't see a, an issue. Now, if somebody were just like, well, this is your husband, or just your, ah, that becomes a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, because then it's like that person had no choice in that thing. That is not a godly. That's not a Christian way at all. Like it's not, it's not because we couldn't, because even when, because I'm surprised that we didn't look at this stuff. Because uh, when we look at that, uh, okay, you know what? Let's do this. Let's go to uh, Genesis. Told if she was gonna go, and she said she would. Yeah, she said she would, <laughs> which is one of the things because you would think at that time, right, that they had no choice. Let me see if I can put this up here. Yeah, because because I think I think that this is very I think this is very important because you know because with the ways uh, some folks look at it today, um, they they look at the arranged marriages of the Old Testament and say, oh, uh, look at what happened here, not realizing like. Even at that point, people still had uh, decisions and they still had like choices to do. Okay, um, we're looking at uh, uh, we're looking at um, so Genesis twenty four verse um, okay verse fifty eight. Okay, it says, and they called Rebecca and said to her, "Will you go with this man?" And she said, "I will go." By the way, everybody, this is after they didn't gave her some gifts. If you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep, yep. I'm finna go. Y'all ain't never gave me these gifts when I was looking. Nah, not that she said that. But maybe that was the case. She's like, shoot. Yeah. I like the way he treating me. I'm finna go see if there's more of this. Yeah. There is more than I love But And it's funny how, because when you look at the passage before it, it says, it says in, verse, in verse 56, it says, but he said to them, do not delay me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. Verse 57. They said, let us call the young lady and ask her. See that? They said, let us call the... So even though it was arranged, she still had a choice. Let us call the young lady. And they asked Rebecca, oh, uh, uh, do, do you want to go? And then she's like, I will. <laughs> and that was awesome. Sure, <laughs> let's do it. And, you know? And you know what's so funny? I wonder if they had pictures. Did he have pictures? You know, so, so she didn't even know how the guy looked. <laughs> like, led by the spirit of them gifts. <laughs> yeah, she was rid of them gifts. <laughs> so, so the point is, the point is, like, even then, you still see that there was still the whole choice of, like, they still had choices in that sense. Especially the Abraham one. I don't know if, if it's, uh, if that's consistent throughout scripture. But at least we see even in the father of faith one, there was a choice. So I, I don't see a problem with arranged stuff if both people are comfortable with it. If a man and a woman, let's say something's arranged and, you know, you're both in Christ or whatever, and the guy ends up seeing the girl, guy ends up seeing the girl and it's like, whoa, I like her. And the girl ends up seeing the guy. I don't see a problem with it. 
Now, the problem comes in when you are being forced to. Like you have to. No, no, brother, no, sister. You shouldn't be forced to marry anybody. You shouldn't feel like you have to marry anybody. You should want to marry somebody. I um, mean, that, in that sense. So, so I, yeah, so that's what I would say about that. Um, let's go to the next one, uh, this one. Why is it uh, that people back home swear up and down that, that the person God has for them is in the U.S.? Oh, this one, this is all you chosen. I'm, I'm not answering. I'm not answering this one. Hey, man. They trying to come to a land flowing with, with, with milk and honey. Maybe they read that scripture. They're like, shoot, that's where my wife is. I need to be flowing. Right here, I ain't got no flow. Ain't no milk, ain't no honey. I got bitterness. But um, obviously, people think of a better life for themselves. And uh, going back to it, yes, you're, if you're in a... Uh, a third world country, your wife is in the United States. Okay. If you're trying to leave that country, <laughs> yes, that's where my wife is. What are you talking about? But if we're talking Christ centered, you won't have that whole America, 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 because you could come to America and die. Like who told you America is that great? Uh, but the main thing is, do people really want to do God's will or do they, are they seeking their will and trying to stamp God's approval on it? And oftentimes you do see that, but if somebody's so bent on my wife is in America, my wife is in America, I can't say to me, I'm 95% sure that person is just trusting in flesh and what they desire. Because where are you getting that from? There are many women, many sisters in Africa and wherever you live in Brazil and in, in, in the Philippines. Um, not saying your wife can't be in America. Maybe God has revealed to that person like one day somehow you will get to the States and your wife will be there, you know. Now, if there, if your wife is there or your husband is there in the way of you getting out of your country, I don't know. It becomes suspect, man. What you got to do, as I said, when you go to the Lord in prayer, you put everything before him like this and you say, Lord, if my wife is in, in this country that I'm in, I'm fine with that. But if you're praying and somebody says, okay, brother, if your wife is here in this country, say, hey, brother, bro, no, 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 she can't be in this country. What do you mean she can't be? You, you can't say that if you're coming to the Lord empty handed. You say, Lord, according to your will. And because obviously the garden, <laughs> the garden extends to America, right? <laughs> the garden is not just in your home country. So the garden extends to America, extends to. But brother, I, I guess my question is just like, why is it that you don't see Africans marrying people from, from China? Like, like, why is it that it's always the same? It's always kind of like the same kind of the thing that's more acceptable. Like you, you hardly see. Because we talk about it being God's will, right? But you, you never see a situation where it's like, it's so ridiculous. It's like, whoa. Like, like how, how is this? I think how it defends my little garden theory even more. Because that, that extension of the garden, they haven't gotten that far. So it's within what you see, what you're around, that you could pluck from that tree or see that tree. Like, oh, okay. Because it's not a fixed person per se. It's a fixed environment, which is God's kingdom. Then you can freely choose. But yeah, it would be some magnificent something if a brother's praying and he's like, brother, God told me my wife is in China, like, and she's in this specific village. I don't know. I've never heard of this name, but in the place of prayer, that's like, what, brother, what is that? That's brother, at that point, I am sold, bro. I'm sold. And, 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 then, and then he goes to China and he's just walking down and he sees the sisters like, you're the one. Bro, at that point, I'm like, you know what? Although I, I would never teach you that, but that that'll be an experience that is stamped. That that's that's that'll be some that's like, whoa! But that rarely happens. But I will tell you, although it's still in the same garden in Africa and Nigeria, my parents, their experience, mine not as much as theirs, but theirs was like that. I ain't never seen this person. I don't know this person, 
but they get the revelation of who that person is and like they know the name. It's like, whoa, that's some now. Obviously, these are stories, right? But if these people are following the Lord, it's like, wow, will they really be lying about something? Although people's stories do change after some years, they start adding some stuff. But we can't box in God and say he can't do that. But what we do see is that, as you're kind of pointing out, people are marrying their own people because that's what you're around. And then sometimes when you see that mixture is because somehow they still got around that person, meaning they went to the same college as this Indian Christian and you're Nigerian. Is because you're in the same college. Not that you were in Nigeria and God revealed that some brother in some village in, in India or some city in India is your. It usually doesn't work like that. You're in the same area. You find that this person is in the garden, in the kingdom of God, and you can freely eat because this tree is not the forbidden fruit. So it's like, okay, yeah, that's the way that it works. So if a brother is saying somehow he knows U.S., he wants to extend the garden that far and just, I don't know, it's kind of suspect, man. And people, I don't know, like want to do the will of God, not. What sounds better, U.S., America or Canada or Australia, whatever sounds better to you, just want to do the will of God. And unfortunately, there are many vulnerable sisters, vulnerable in the sense of age, because, you know, when that clock start ticking, if you know what I'm talking about, somebody walk through, you're like, hey, man, I'm going to take them. Sometimes it's like that or vulnerable in the sense of they go to a church where the man of God is above the word of God. The word of the man of God is above the word of God. So. Whatever that pastor says, that minister says now is like, if I don't obey that, I'm disobeying God. God doesn't judge you necessarily on the word of man. He's going to judge you on his word. Now, if, if, the, if the word of man lines up with his word, then it's still his word. Right. If God is telling you, oh, stop fornicating or stop doing this and that, blah, blah. It's like, well, that's the word of man. No, actually, that's in the Bible. But if it's other things that's like is a new word of God that you can't find in this text. I don't think God is necessarily going to judge you heaven or hell on that. So sisters are sometimes vulnerable. Brothers are also sometimes vulnerable when it comes to age or paper situation, or they're under a man of God that's like an authority and they, 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 you know, hop on that whole, let me marry somebody from another country because that's what this man of God is saying. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, and, um, the earth is the Lord's. Yeah. And I think our brother said uh, something to the media. Uh, sorry, sorry. Good. Yeah, social media is the uh, is extending the garden. So. Come on. So, <laughs> so the, the garden has to be. Extended. That's true, man. <laughs> shoot, them brothers in Nigeria, they are like shoot my wife. I shoot my wife every day online. <laughs> but but you know, it is so funny though. It's like they, it's, it's like why why are they always sending the message to the, to the African girls? Why are they send the message to the? Why is it not extending to the to the Chinese girls? That they, hey, you know, right? <laughs> Why is it only extended to the African girls? I know so, pandyam, okay? <laughs> I'm pandyam. I, 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 I got Hey, brother, send some message to some guys exactly. started in China, man. <laughs> they ain't trying to get corona, bro. They say, hey, I don't know what else they got over there. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's always, but it's interesting because you said something that I think kind of goes to what we talked about earlier before. <laughs> I'm never going to read that comment. I'm not going to read it because, <laughs> no. Uh, so, but, what, but something you said, which kind of, it's the whole idea of like saying, you know, God told me this and this, like with my, and it's a brand new thing. I, I think cause somebody just struck me to talk, spoke about God judging us based off of his word. And I, I just, it struck me about the young prophet. Remember the story of the young prophet and the old prophet, right? God told him to go and not stop anywhere, not eat anything, right? Just to go and go do the work and come back. Then the old prophet comes and tells him, well, God said this now, right? That God changed his mind. And then told him to come and eat in my house. As he was eating, God spoke through the old prophet, telling him that, hey, listen, because you disobeyed me, on your way back right now, you'll be torn by lions. 
you'll be ripped. And God spoke to the old prophet. God judged this young man based off of what he told him. So the idea is, this is what God told him, not what, not what the old prophet came and said. And this kind of goes to that whole cause, because this is why I'm still on that point, which is this. If God is going to say something to you, uh, especially if you have the Spirit of God in you should want to hear it from God. And then whatever you hear should be a confirmation of what God has said. And then if you hear something that's contrary to what God has said, then it's like, hmm. At that point, it's like, it's, if, it's a, if it's a thing of like, oh, wherein you're not sure if you heard the thing, then go back to God and, and ask God. If, if you're not sure if you heard that thing initially. But if you know God said this, because we see that clearly. God told the, the young prophet, don't do this. Anyway, I, I just thought that that's an interesting thing because... That's something that, that folks do now. They send a girl a message. I believe my wife received a few of this. And a bunch of other sisters have received a few of this. Oh, I got in a vision that you are my, you are my wife. Bro, I don't even know you. Like, I, like you, you, you're not even my friend on Facebook. How, how, how did you... <laughs> like, the guy was scrolling through his Facebook feed. I was looking at five girls. <laughs> I just... See which one girls. Exactly. I'm just trying to find the one that bites. The <laughs> So terrible. Yep. So so bad. Anyways, is anyway. So so yeah. So here's the thing. Okay, explain courtship slash Christian dating. What does this phase usually be? Oh, give me that. Okay. Give me that. <laughs> I can see you're excited for this one. All right, give go me ahead. that. All courtship right, and dating. Sometimes they're used interchangeably, right? But there's a distinct difference between courtship and dating. I think when you start breaking it down, in people's minds, sometimes they use it loosely. I understand that. But when the, I think. Dating is more worldly. Like people in the world understand dating, they don't understand courtship. And when they hear courtship, they know something different. They're like, "Oh, when I say yeah, you know, when I was courting my wife, they're like, oh wow, you were courting her.' Nobody ever says, like, yo, I was dating my wife.' It's like, yeah, you know, that's what everybody does. But the difference between courtship and dating, in my understanding, at least when I see from the Bible, is a serious matter with courtship. It's not a testing time." Dating, what comes with that, like like a testing time, we're gonna see if this is gonna work out. So so would and you say would you say you can date in courtship? As in go out on dates, yes. But in if you're in courtship, you're not dating because this this is mm, mm, okay. In in dating somebody, it should really be dating, as in you put in a date on something, right? But that's not the way that it works. Okay, good. What I, people know of... Okay, so hold on a second. I love that you just said that. So what you're t- defining, you're defining based off of how the world understands it. Not yeah. actually what it's supposed to be, but how yeah. the world understands it. Okay, what, good, yeah, good. In general, what everybody sees it. And I said, sometimes people use it interchangeably, right? And even people with a right heart of like a serious relationship, they might call it dating sometimes. They use it loosely. But what I try to break it down is courtship is like getting in your vehicle. You know where you're going. You're not driving around mindlessly. Just looking around like, yeah, should I go to that store? No, no, no. I'm going to church. That's why I'm getting in the car. I'm going. You have a deter- you're have determined. That's why you get in the vehicle. Dating is kind of like, well, we don't know what to do. Let's just drive around. Let's just see what happens. It's like, let's see where this relationship goes. To me, I don't think that's Christ-like because what could end up happening is you're not serious and you end up, this girl really starts liking you and you're like, I don't want to go there anymore. I don't know where I'm going. And you turn back. It's like, wait, what? You wasted gas and gas is somebody's heart. And now there's now you find the place that you really want to go or the person that you really want to go with. But now this person is coming with a broken heart into this new relationship. It's just like it's unnecessary. It's better for you to just be a cool brother with all the sisters, a cool sister with all the brothers. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We cool. I like to add that once there's an expectation, you're in a relationship. 
And you shouldn't, just to be safe, you shouldn't have that with brothers and sisters. They shouldn't be like, why didn't you call me? What do you mean, why didn't I call you? Who are you to me? We're just cool brothers and sisters. Do you say that to a brother and sister in the church? Why didn't you call me? Once you start having that, I feel like you're in some type of relationship. Bro, bro, I, 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 tell, I tell you that all the time. Why didn't you call me? What are you talking about, bro? Wait, why did I call you? Bro, I don't call you, I'll be sending you a message like, bro, why aren't you calling me, bro? Why aren't you calling me? I don't have your number saved, bro. I don't. Now. I think so. Courtship is a serious thing. Like I'm not just now I'm regularly talking to this person with a mindset of marriage. That's why we're talking. Dating is kind of like, I don't really know you. Let's kind of get to know each other better. And then it could kind of fall off like, well, you know, we just didn't really get along. So no, I don't think that's a wiser way. The, The slower way is going to the Lord in prayer, examining this person from afar, being cool from afar too. There's nothing wrong with talking on the phone if you're just cool. But I remember I gave this example in one of my teachings. I remember I was thinking of marrying his sister. I never told her that. I was just cool with her. And I remember we went, I was hanging with her and her bro or something, and we went to her job at the mall. And she was spoon feeding one of her co-workers. What's up? In my head, I'm thinking, what you feeding? What's what's up? But I couldn't say nothing because that's not my girl. But in my head, I'm just thinking, that's kind of, to me, that was kind of loose. Like, why are you so friendly? Why are you feeding? He got hands, girl. He got hands. Why are you feeding man's? Okay, so that was kind of like a, an exposure thing, right? An exposure. I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And then when I, you know, got back to my base, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm seeing her online and stuff, and I saw an outfit she was wearing, I was like, that don't look Christ-like. So I asked her about the outfit, and she lashed at me. And right away, I was like, uh-uh. This ain't for me, man. Cool girl. And guess what? We got along when we were talking chat better than I got along with my wife. Far better. It was like day and night. But it's not about getting along. It's about the spirit of Christ and somebody. Not saying she ain't born again, but hey, that type of bitterness and that fruit, a brother can't handle that right now. And I'm talking about. So anywho, dating and courtship. Courtship sounds more serious. Like there's a date to what we're doing. There's an end go to what we're doing. It's not a testing time where I could bounce to the next guy, bounce to the next girl, bounce to the... That's what the world is deemed as dating. And unfortunately, we brought that into the church too, where it's like, okay, I'm dating this one. I'm trying this one. I'm trying this one. It just kind of gets messy because now this brother's with this sister and that sister's like, oh, you're with him now? Yeah, he used to talk to me. But it's just like, uh, it gets messy. But is it a law? No. But is it a wise thing for you just to pray first and then get in a vehicle and know where you're going? Courtship? Yes. Busy. Yeah, and I think and I think that goes to what we talked about before your initial prayer. Because if the initial prayer is like, "Hey, you want to," so if, even for you approach the person in that in that light, you already kind of know where you where you where you're trying to head to, in that sense. And it's not an experimental thing because you clearly see like, "Whoa, this person has this thing." And I think that the first thing is, and this way people get it twisted, you can be a friend with somebody, especially if you guys are close by. Now with my wife, it was different because. Uh, <clears throat> Right from day one, you know, because I believe I started from, from a position wherein a brother that I believe was a brother in Christ said, hey, he has a sister to talk to. So, and this is why I think that there's balance in this thing. So I started from there to go, okay, cool. And you can ask her. Now, I'm different, though. I'm, I'm not everybody. Day one, I told her, I was like, listen, for me, this is why I'm here. I wasn't trying to pretend to be a fake friend. None of that. I was just like, this is why I'm here. I'm, I'm here because I'm not here trying to date I'm here for courtship, if that's something in that sense. I think that there's a possibility to go into courtship when once you once your mind is made up like, hey, I think that this person's uh, is a possibility for me. Not as a dating option where you're trying to just date a bunch of people. 
but as a decision that you have to make. Because here's the thing. Because even at the beginning of courtship, right? Uh, which, Because which, I, I think that there are layers to this thing, and I think it's a little bit more complicated. Um, even at the beginning of courtship, you can choose not to be in courtship. I, I hope you understand. Because some people think that, well, I was wondering, you can choose. Because you might start something and go, Because just because you're in courtship with someone doesn't mean you have to end up with them. Because that's another thing that people are thinking. They think, well, courtship means I'm married to this person. No, but you're, you're not. in courtship because you think you're going to end up with them. Exactly, because you think you're going to end up with them. Because So you're going with that right mind. That, you're hey, supposed to end up with them. But it's not It's not a guarantee. It's, it's ex- Joseph and Mary. Uh, uh, say that again. It's Joseph and Mary. They were in courtship. Exactly. So it's that kind of a mindset like, hey, I, you know, I want to end up with this person, right? But that's but because, you know, because the problem is that some people now think that, you know, it's the whole thing of I tell people, listen. On the day of your wedding, if you truly believe that this person is not someone that will please God in your life, for whatever reason it is, you can stop. You can choose to... I know that's the worst time. I get it. I get it. But that is better than getting into that marriage and then thinking about divorce tomorrow. Because you, you should... Which is a whole different topic. Which is the whole divorce topic. So it is better on that day to say no. Than, so so we, which, is, which is my mindset on these things. It's like, listen... Until you say I do, you're not you yet mean, married. You ain't done nothing. Yeah, exactly. You're not married. Now you, you can build together and thinking you're building. Yeah, both of you have the same heart, you're building. Yeah, but until you say I do, you're not yet married. So if I, if along the way you look at it and say, Whoa, wow, you know, I, I don't think this then guess what? Maybe it was delayed for you. Maybe now God has exposed the thing to you that you know you should have gotten at the beginning, but you can make that decision then in, in that sense. But you don't have to go around down the day because I think even the mindset goes. Imagine, because in the church, we're supposed to be family, like brothers and sisters. Imagine a church that has like five, five ladies in the church and a bunch of, and, and one guy has gone through every single one of them. He has dated this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And, and now they can all sit together and talk about their experience with him. Yeah, see, that's, that's what I mean. Like, that's just like, just, that's man. Like, bro, calm down, bro. The guy, the guy was out here dating. So, so I, and I think that that's the thing there. It's, it's just, especially in those kind of scenarios, Every scenario is different, but those kind of scenarios, it's better to be a friend. Be a friend. You don't have to have anything attached. Be a friend, and then peep someone from and say, hey, is this what I want to take? Is this what I want to do? Okay, so let's go to the next. So I would say that's the difference between them. Let's go to the next question, and we have just, after this question, one more, and then we're done. So what if you have fasted and prayed and still confused as to who? Do you want me to answer this one, or do you yeah, want to go? I mean, you can if you want. I mean, maybe. Okay. What if you're fasted and prayed and you're still confused as to whom, as to who you should marry? I always, my question is this, what did you fast and pray about? What was your prayer about? This is where I think people get twisted. Because sometimes what they're fasting and praying for is not what scripture has told us to fast and pray for. They are fasting and praying for the wrong thing. Someone is fasting and praying and saying, Lord, is this my husband or is this my wife? Then they're not sure. They, they come out of it confused. They're not sure. And they're wondering, like, you are not instructed to pray that prayer. That, that prayer is not anywhere in scripture at all. Like, so, so it's not that God can answer that prayer because God can answer any prayer. Like, God can answer any prayer and do anything. So there are they people that pray that prayer and they've gotten answers. I'm sure they are. But the problem is this. That is not a prayer that is prescribed in scripture. So, and, and that is not a prayer. The, the prayer that's prescribed in scripture is a prayer of wisdom. We pray for wisdom in order to make decisions. So the point is this, and, and this is where it kind of goes where we've talked about before. I would say a better prayer would be that God, 
first of all, brings around you people that, that love him. That would be the first prayer. Because that should be your heart. You want people that love God. Bring around you people that love him, which might not happen overnight because you might have brothers and sisters around you that are fervent in church, but they don't love him. They don't love Jesus. So, so none of them could even be options for you at all, even though they are all around you, right? So you want God to bring around you people that love him and then to open your eyes to see them. So now you're praying for specific things according to the word of God. You're asking God to bring around you because you know that we should not be unequally yoked to unbelievers. We shouldn't fellowship, but we shouldn't get to relationship with those. So you want a relationship with someone that would please God. So you ask for that, and then you're asking God to open your eyes to see. So now you become aware of men and women that are, that are passionate for Christ. Now, here's the problem, though. If you're a sister or a brother... You could have brothers and sisters around you that are passionate for Jesus. It doesn't mean they're interested in you. And that's where, that is where the, the problem starts. Because then it goes, man, but I, I see all those people around me and I don't know because they're not interested in me. And this is where I think uh, the first part of what we should be. How do I put it? This is where I think the first part of what we should be, which is this. You, brother, you, sister, you have to love God. You have to love Christ. You have to love Jesus. You have to love him. And I'm not talking about being, doing work in church. That, that, that can be an expression of your love, but it doesn't have to be. Because you can work for God and still not love God. You have to love him. Because I truly believe when you love God, you become more attractive to the brother and sister that loves God. That is, that is just a natural tendency that happens. When you love God, you become more attracted to the person who wants someone that loves God. And so in a crowd of a thousand people, you will stick out to that one person. I always used to think about this this way. I only needed one woman in my life. Not two. I was only going to marry one woman. So it didn't matter if I had a thousand people here. I was just seeking one, one of them. And that's the same thing. A godly brother is just seeking that godly sister in the crowd. And how would you know each other? It's based off of the spirit of God in both of you. And you will find that the spirit of God in both of you will bring you guys together. Why? Because you both love God, in that sense. So, so that, that's my prayer. I don't know if you had something to add to it. Yeah, if somebody says that they prayed and fasted and they're still confused, well, that's cool. That's just a pausing time. I mean, maybe you can talk to godly brethren and have them pray with you. When I was praying for a wife, I had at least one or two people that knew what I was praying concerning. They were kind of like praying with me, maybe guiding me, kind of, you know, I'll tell them that, man, I thought this happened and I... I believe maybe God is trying to tell me this. I'm not too sure. Just kind of like to have another mind looking at what I'm looking at. And we corrupt minds kind of. But if you're praying and you're still confused, first of all, the guidelines that we've given concerning the word, let that be first. Because I think once you have that guideline, you probably there won't be too much confusion. If somebody's truly in the garden following the Lord and you can genuinely say that this is a child of God to the best of my knowledge, according to the word of God. And then now you pray to make sure that they're not just sheep and wolves clothed. I mean, wolves and sheep clothing. Then it kind of comes down to like, do you like the taste of the fruit in a sense, like your personality traits? Do they even match? You know, do you then physical attraction could come in too? like, is he even cute? You know what I mean? Like, I ain't gonna lie to you. When I was going to get married, the Lord knew. If I can't wake up and look at a sister, lift your hands. I don't know. That's not pleasing to the Lord. The Bible says I should give thanks in all things. If I can't wake up and give thanks, you know, at least for the beginning, (laughs) you know, and he who started the work is faithful to complete it. Right. But if I can't give thanks, just looking at you from the beginning, how in the world am I going to get married to you? Now, 
God knows me better than I know myself, right? And if God gives me, or if I start getting attracted to something that I'm not used to, then I'm like, maybe I do like this and I don't know. But the first basis is word of God. Do they love Jesus? Are they following the Lord? Are they really in the faith? Are they really in the garden? Are they really in the kingdom? Are they really about that life? Are they filled with the spirit of God? And then it's like, oh, okay. With this list of people who fit this criteria, which one actually matches my personality type to what I know of myself? And then which one do I like? There's nothing wrong with that. God told Adam, hey, name the animals, whatever you want. It's like, bruh, but what if I, bruh, name the animals, bro. Eat any tree. Oh, should I eat, bruh, any, except for that one. So God says, hey, bruh, you can pick anything, except for that one. Don't be unequally yoked. Abraham said, get some people from my own, my own relatives, my own family, the family of God, in a sense. So once you look at that, there's not too much to be confused about. And if you are confused, stay confused in the sense of don't make a decision in your confusion. Why? What's the rush, right? Be patient. Maybe God has kept you in that state for a reason, you know, and maybe he's soon to expose the person to you in a way that you haven't experienced them before. And then you'll be like, oh, that's not the way to go. Or it'll be one of those like, oh, wow, look at the way that brother handled that. That's my quote unquote confirmation now because everybody gets it. And there's something that clicks at the end of the day. They're like, oh, now I know. Um, So maybe that's why you're confused right now. But make sure you've gone through the steps, as the brother said. Um, what are you praying about? What is the prayer? Is it concerning what we've been talking about? Let it be that. And then the other things, you know, come after. And if you're still confused after all of that, even maybe uh, confiding in a brother or sister and you're still confused, stay confused as in don't make a decision. It's OK. Keep walking with the Lord in due time. You'll get clarity. So Im- imagine a world, brother, when Christians are attracted to Christians simply because of Christ. Imagine a world wherein the Christ in you is what makes you the most attractive person to me. Imagine, imagine a brother who looks at a sister and just sees, just sees Christ in her. And he's just, and that is, the, that is it. And he just wants a piece of that Christ in her. Because, because she, she and, and that's the thing there. That is who a Christian is. You know, like you just radiate Christ. So when another person that's radiating Christ sees you radiating Christ, they are attracted to you. The problem is this, most times people, and this is why I think some of these decisions are not overly complicated. But guess what? I understand that you know, I'm not everybody. You know, but I think it's because we add so many extra things to the equation that it makes it so cumbersome and so difficult to look past it. Like you're almost blinded because of all the other things. It's not Christ you're looking for. You're not looking for Christ in the crowd of people. You're looking for a lot of things. Then if they have Christ, that's cool. <laughs> it's like, well, if they have Christ, uh, you know what? I think that has to do with the person too. That's what I'm saying. Like you got it as levels, right? And growing true, in Christ, true, right? True. Because you're right. A, a real brother that's really genuine, like that's all. You see what's the most precious thing in your life. That's what you want to look at in somebody else's life. Christ. But if you're if Christ is not that precious, you're not going to be looking for that. You're going to be looking for what you think is a major deal. And it might be looks or money or, you know, status or culture or unfortunately, you know, that shouldn't be the case. But if Christ is really and because you don't this is what you don't want to do, sisters or brothers. You're hearing what we're saying. And now you're using this standard that you're not living by to now gauge who and who should be. Nah, you ain't never going to get married. What you should do either. You see that, man, I'm not all about this Christ, Christ thing. I'm not all about the word of God. I'm not. Let me come up to that level. And then from that level, I want to seek who to marry from that level. 
Or you're like, look, man, these brothers are way up here on all this Christ stuff. I believe in Jesus. I go to church. I pray, but I ain't about that life. Guess what? You're going to get a sister just like that. That's how it works. You're going to find somebody like you. Don't be looking for some, you know, this sister. is. Just, I mean, yeah, and you should, but you should come to that level first, you know, because if you try to go for this sister right here, first of all, she probably ain't never going to give you the. And, and you know, you're not even be consistent in what you're looking for. You know, you're going to look for it half of the time and then you're going to forget that's what you're looking for because you're going to focus on every other thing because that's really not who you are. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you look for you look for what is most important to you. You know, yeah. like like someone can say, I'm seeking Christ, but the most important thing to them is money. So if they see a brother with 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 that has all the Jesus, all the Jesus, but ain't got a dime. <laughs> They're looking at that brother. Uh I can't see him. I'm blind. I'm blind. I'ma put the Jesus in me and the brother that has money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's what they got. You do. know, so, so it's it it comes down to it comes down to it comes down to this. Okay, so this is the final question that we have from the sister. Says, what if you think you you have found your life partner in Christ? How do you know? Okay, okay I think we've yeah, yeah. I I think we've we've talked about this over and over, but but it's good to just summarize it a little bit. Uh, how do you know? How do you know you found your life partner in Christ? How do you know? I think first of all, in the garden, number one, number two, does they do they align with you personally? Your personality trait, what you're looking for, um, you know, um. Uh, in that in that thing, does the person like you? Because you could think you found a brother or whatever, and then they don't like you. <laughs> I think I found him, but the guy is looking at another sister. So please move on <laughs> until he looks your way. Uh, so so does he like you? Um, you know, and then if he does, and he's um, you know can glorify God with him, you believe? Hey, this a brother that hey that we work well together. You know, we, I truly I, I think that's the fundamental. I think that's the thing people are missing the most: glorifying Christ with somebody. Like you truly want to glorify Christ with somebody, I think once I think once you have that, every other thing is 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 left or whatever you want. Like it, literally, because I feel like this is the hardest thing to have, glorifying Christ with somebody, because it's a heart change. It's um it's a it's a prayer thing. You need like you sometimes we have to go to God in prayer to help change our hearts. Lord, renew my mind, renew my mind. I will focus on the right thing, and which is part of the prayer. We should be praying. Even, even while you're in this composition, you should be praying, Lord, renew my mind that I should not focus on the wrong thing. I want to focus on the right thing, even as I'm looking at this brother or this sister. Don't let me look at what they have. Help me look at you in them. Let me see that. You know, because um, I think once you have that part, every other thing is, it's not a big deal. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I think every other, oh, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. You know, because even our brother, I know our brother talks about personality traits and different things. And yeah, those things play depending on, but I think if this is true, both of you are truly seeing Christ like this. I think even that, as, as great as that is, can die. Because I think even with that, when you have this, as you're growing in marriage, you're going to understand each other more. And you're going to understand more and more and more. And this thing is will not be this massive thing. Because if you look at my personality trait and my wife's personality trait, you might not think that would work. Because no, brother, you match. That's obvious. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you see, you see, you, because you know, because it's the one that sent me the text message. No, we here earlier. Now no, we you match. Don't, you don't know personality traits, no, but okay. anybody who knows temperaments, you match. Now it doesn't mean you're going to gel and get along perfect. That's yeah. not. That's not what I'm saying. But it matches like, okay, this should, it's not, it's not this, you see, it's one of these, but this is still a process. You get me? Yeah. So, so, but, but, but here's the thing though, when I, I started in culture with my wife, um, 
you wouldn't see this. It wasn't this. It was this. It, it was this. It was, no, no, it was it was this. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the fist. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> you thought you would have. Oh my. Listen, I was this. I was this. She uh, was this. No, no bro. <laughs> No, because you know the Bible says the two, right? Uh-huh. The two shall become one flesh. Yeah, so, in yeah. one sense, the two are one flesh. But then there's a process of shall yes. become one flesh, right? And that takes time, and it doesn't matter who you marry, who's in the garden. You're not going to get together and be like, Hallelujah, you know. But at the same time, there should be dignity. There should be Christ. Oh, my wife is saying I too was this, right? <laughs> Why is she even in this conversation? Hey, don't open that door again, okay? In the name, should I command her in the name of Jesus? Because I'm the head, right? So she got to listen to me, right? Nah, but um, it's a process, you feel me? And, and praise God, you know, the man was like this, you feel me? But God opened me up. He lifted me, okay? But it's a process, and it doesn't matter who you marry in the garden or whatever. There's still that getting to, there's still that becoming one flesh. Shall, that shall process that has to go on. But... Obviously, if you two come like this, it's much easier than somebody coming like this. As you said, eventually, if somebody's really about that life, like the foundation is right, which is Christ, and you're growing and you're being yielded to the spirit, this is going to open up. That heart of stone becomes a heart of flesh that could be molded now. But the process will probably be much easier if you have found somebody who was more, quote unquote, compatible. But the real compatibility here is Christ. That's first. Everything else I call a preference, right? Or one of my teachings from long ago, I said, there's wrinkles and there's stains, right? Lift your hands right now. Stain is somebody who is outside of the kingdom. You can't get that out. I mean, some stains you can, but let's say this one you can't get out. Wrinkles, you can iron out. Come on, iron sharpens iron. So now it might get kind of hot sometimes, right? Because you guys are trying to iron out those things. But these are wrinkles. These are preferences. I don't like this. I don't like that. But it's not heaven and hell type of things. That's That one ain't no discussion. Let me give you this quick example. I remember I was praying about a wife and I, I felt in my heart like it was my wife. Right. Honestly, to the Lord, I was like, hey, but we're going to be doing this. Like we didn't get along. We didn't jail that other girl. We were gelling like melon. OK, but there was this other chick that I knew. Lift your hands. We were really gelling, gelling. And she got all my jokes. My wife never laughed. I was like, what? Who are you? I know you ain't born again if you ain't laughing at my jokes. Lift your hands. Nah, so, so Chosen, but, hold on one second here. Guys, listen to this. If the woman you are interested in laughs at your jokes, she's not your wife. Because my wife yes. did not laugh at my jokes. I'm right now. Like, nah. like- <laughs> but peep, peep. This, this, this other I thought was a sister. She was coming into the faith. And I think it was due to me. You see, that's the thing. Ah, man, there's so much to say here. But I think she was becoming more Christ-like as of me, which is kind of good in a sense. But if it's just solely built off of me, that's kind of weird. Now, I remember telling my dad, and I'll never forget this. I told I, He knew about my wife, right, that I was considering her. And I told him about this other girl. And I said, but she's not really like that Christ-like. And my pops looked at me like, like there was no question. There was no, he just that violent. Like, no, 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 no. There's no like, well, maybe, ain't no maybe. And from, from that day, I was just like, like that's, that's, yeah, bro. I was trying to make that work kind of because we were gelling more. Lo and behold, I done made this decision that is my wife. The chick called me like the next day, sharing her heart with me. And I was like, it's too late. You know, I didn't say that to her, but I kind of just, you know, slipped out the room. 
on a conversation, not in a room with her, but I just slipped out without, you know what I mean? And she got the picture. A few weeks later, she at the club with mini skirts. I said, Father, thank you, Lord. I dodged the bullet. Lift your hands. So, yeah, um, one just has to be careful. There's still a process that goes on. But the main factor, once you get that, everything else is preferences, which is Christ. Jesus Christ, let them be a child of God. Let First, you should be a child of God, first of all. <laughs> really follow him, the Lord. And then find somebody similar. Everything else you can iron out. Simple. So, so brother, I just got a text message from uh, a, a sister Grace. And she said, oh my because, because he wasn't funny. So your wife says you weren't funny. That's why she didn't know about your shocks. <laughs> it's like you weren't funny, bro. <laughs> pull up that scripture that says a man's enemy will be of those in his own home. Like, pull, pull that scripture. Let everybody see that. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Hey, listen, man. I, people wanted me as an MC in their weddings, you know, and I'm getting on the phone. You know, other sisters are laughing. This chick ain't like. I was like, "What's up? This can't be my wife because she don't get none." But now she's repented of her ways, and anytime I speak, she laughs. Uh, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, but but I have to feel like it's it's a pity laugh though. It's a pity laugh. She's like. Yeah. <laughs> Funny guy. <laughs> Speak yourself, brother. I'm waiting for a text from your wife, bro. Why she ain't text me, bro? What's up? What's good? I ain't got no text. Uh, what is this, man? So I, I think I think uh, that kind of brings us to the end of today's conversation. Unless somebody else had something to say. It was long. Oh. It was long. Uh, it was a long one today. Uh, probably this is probably our longest episode so far. Uh, go subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube. We're planning on... Uh, we also have a clips channel where hopefully by next week we'll start cutting most of our videos into little clips. And uh, the podcast is coming out. I know I've been saying it. For those of you that have been listening, I know I've been saying it. I know. But the podcast that is going to be on Spotify is coming out soon. Soon. All right. So, um, uh, yeah. You know, so 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 we should, uh, we, we, you know, so it should be good. Uh, the person who actually suggested this topic came late to the conversation. <laughs> and so she just left a comment here saying, I, you know, I, I don't want to expose who she is. So I don't want to put her out there like that. Uh, but she just says, and here I thought the life was over. Oh my gosh, three hours. Gotta catch up. Yeah, man. We had we, we had a lot. <laughs> we had a lot to talk about. Um, all right, cool. So, uh, Chosen, tell the people where they can catch you. Uh, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, Facebook, Chosen Akarende. There's another Facebook page that I opened up that's Bro Chosen. I've never checked that in years, but it's because my Facebook was overloading with too many friends, but... I need to go check that one. But yeah, it's Chosen Akarende. And then everything else is uh, Bro Chosen. So my Instagram is Bro Chosen. And my Twitter, which I barely use, is Bro Chosen. I ain't got no Snapchat. I ain't snapping nothing. And I don't have a TikTok. I ain't, I ain't, mm-mm. All them things is too, it's too fast for the boy. So Facebook um, and Instagram, you could catch me. Okay, so uh, here is, I'm going to just share the brother stuff here. So as you guys can see, it. you can go follow him if you want. That, that's the stuff there, bro. Chosen. That's the, the Instagram. You can go check him out there. And uh, this is the his Facebook, I believe. This is his Facebook. So that's uh, bro. Chosen. So go check him out. Follow him if you want. Leave him a message if you think. And uh, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, my name is Joel. It's been a pleasure. I thank uh, bro. Chosen for joining us today for this conversation. Uh, and next week, uh, my regular co-host is going to be back, Russell. Uh, but I just thank you guys so much for joining us. And uh, let's pray because we always like to end this stuff with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We glorify your holy name for all that you've done. We thank you, Lord, for the conversation we're able to have today. Lord, we ask you that you use the seed that has been sown to help us grow. Help us grow more in you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God Almighty, we ask you that may this conversation not be in vain. 
and may it not stand against us on the day of judgment. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. See you guys next week. Thank you for joining today's conversation. If you have any questions, thoughts, ideas, or maybe you would like to join one of our live streams, please visit us at biblicalgymnastics.com. Stay safe and remain blessed.